powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lonesome Studios in Azle, Texas, the Tatawahi Studios in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and the Rockin' Vodka Studios in Illinois. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 138. Tonight, we welcome the one and only GOAT, Alex Tavella of Smoke In and KMA Talk Radio as our special guest. And as always, Special Edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary Blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double Aids 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel-Aids, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Cordojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and his son Justo have brought their very own brand to market and each contain that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela. Each represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retail. Be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco. It's a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And we want to mention Tobacco Area Say, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars, Tobacco Area Say. Great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest and darkest, heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. It's a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber's Stillings, Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-Maduro Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday show, Sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. 
Well, welcome everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition 138. We're in the final Tuesday of March of 2023. That's the 28th. This is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Squad Studios on the Black Stage. Um, and I want to um we have the whole coalition tonight here. So let's let's bring them on. We have Barry the Plissy, Ben Lee, and Aaron Nielsen. Guys, welcome. Thank you, Coop. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. Oh, love, I mean, we had a good time, guys, didn't we? I mean, it was a we had a we had a real good time. We did. Yeah, yeah it was fantastic, fantastic. Can't wait to re uh, rehash it out and talk uh, talk to talk to the goat here. Um, yeah. Right before the show started, you said that you used the term the one and only goat. Now, I don't want to refute the fact that Alex is the goat, but how can he be the one and only goat? I've um, because he is, he is the goat as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh, that's fine. And he can be the goat, I, the one and only goat. I mean, that's, that's like extra special. Um, well, I mean, that's well, taken I, it to another, I, that's, I, a, I that's had, another level. I'm, I, I, I'm eager to talk about this. Yeah. And we'll get into the whole goat discussion because let me just say this. I've worked with him maybe for about two years right now on KMA and he is, as far as I'm concerned, he's top of the game. He really is. Um, and Thanks, everything he touches, that, that makes the rest of us feel really well, good. Well, I'm yeah. just saying, everything. Well, Thanks. he does other things that you don't do, Barry. I mean, he there's other things he does, is what I'm just saying. So he's the goat. Yeah, I mean, dude. I mean, like, I'm my you guys are all hurt. goats in my book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I mean, I, hey, before we bring Alex on, so Ben and I, I guess I got to just mention the car trip, okay? <laughs> because I'm not gonna say who we rented the car from, but the car came. The car was returned to the rental car place, and. We did not get any surcharges. And you guys were in that car. Okay. I, I don't know how, unless you took a entire canister of like that osium stuff and had the windows down for like two days. I don't know what you did, but to not get a, a surcharge is nothing short of a miracle because that thing was a moving ashtray for like four days. Well, it was bad, okay, because when I got the next morning, okay, I had to also go to a car wash and get the thing, like, really cleaned. So I did that as well as did the – because it was ashes in places that were, like – there was a lot of ashes in the car. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a little bit concerned that when we got to Miami the first, or first night, I guess we weren't really fully in Miami yet. But we stayed at a hotel, yeah. and – we got up the next morning, and as we're walking the car, I could literally smell, smell the, the car before I got to it. I'm like, damn, that's bad. You know yeah. what? What's even more astounding to me is as we hear the trials and tribulations of your drive down, the fact that you guys drove for hours with the windows open or up <laughs> with no ventilation, basically, is mind-boggling. That thing had to be – I don't know how you saw it the front windshield. It was like a Cheech and Chong movie, but with cigars. <laughs> it was. It was. You know, and the funny thing, I had my wife do the final test before I went back to the, because uh, I was going to fly out and I, I returned the car to the airport. And she said, it, she's, she's pretty sensitive on this. She says, I think it's pretty good. You know, um, so there was, um, you know, I've been checking this. I haven't gotten any emails on a surcharge or anything like that. And it's now over but, a, a but, week but, now. But, but let me, let me also leave with this too a very veteran move by picking up the car and saying immediately oh this thing smells like smoke well yeah and <laughs> having no idea what we would do to this car okay <laughs> very very savvy well, well yeah so having uh and and i gotta just say this so 
Ben Ben did do some driving. This guy's a master at driving. I mean, he had a Popeye's meal like on his lap while he's driving. Like literally, he had the ba- like balancing the side dishes and everything. I, I was like, I'm, yeah, he's got this under control. He's got it. <laughs> next level well, talent. We we never we what, didn't get to see we didn't get to see that man. We need to see that next time. Look, that's how we do it back home, man. He was but, he was like he's was a pro. Popeyes while driving. It's just the but he had like you had like a side dish or something with a spoon. I didn't need it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right, guys. I think we'll have plenty of talk on this trip as we talk about the Great Smoke as well. So, um, without further ado, Bear, um, I'm gonna introduce him. If you're okay with that, let's do it. Bring all on right. the goat. He is the goat. Um, really glad to have this guy on. Uh, long overdue. Um, um. He's the one and only Alex Tavella of Smoke In and KMA Talk Radio. Alex, welcome to Primetime. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me. Glad to be here. First time on the show. Ready to have a blast. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. All right, so let's just kind of get, since we started this topic in the, in the opening, Come on. Band, let's get it. Come on. Um, you are the GOAT. Okay. How did you get this name, the GOAT? Because I, can't, I don't okay. even know. So, listen. This is number one. This is not really a name you want to have. You know what I mean? Like, this is a lot. This is a lot. It's a lot to live up to. But it's dark. Heavy, wear, it's heavy dark. wears the crown. Yeah, heavy wears the crown, man, or or whatever. Heavy wears something in this situation. Um, but I got I have to give full credit to smoking socialite Matt Hartzell. So Matt is the one that kind of came up with it. And, and it was just kind of in conversation on Facebook. A guy was talking about something and you know, somebody helping him out. And, you know, he asked for my help. And Matt just kind of said, did you just summon the goat, Alex Tavella? And um, he was like, oh, yeah, man, that guy's great. He's the goat. He called me on his cell phone. I was in the shower. And it and it, it just kind of stemmed from, you know, the way I operate when I when I do things. You know, if I got to if I got to get something done, if I got to take care of, a you know, somebody, I don't mind picking up my personal cell phone or, you know, answering a call at nine o'clock at night. So, I mean, it started from Matt. It, it, it was a Facebook thing and uh, it, it kind of took on a life in, of its own. And, you know, hey, we ran with it. I mean, I guess there's there's worse nicknames out there you, you could get, right? Coop, if you're talking, I can't hear you. <laughs> that rookie move. Uh, I guess, like, look, we got shameless, but the nicknames we have on Paul, like shameless Paul and all that. Uh, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be a lot worse. I, I, I definitely heard worse. Yes, yes. So I, I, I oh, yes, Kevin, Tom Brady is the goat. I will give him that. But, you know, I got my own little niche somewhere in the world. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I got enough people calling you. I mean, there's more people in the chat calling you the goat than people have talked about Tom Brady in like the last three weeks, man. That's that counts for something. That's I, definitely, I, I, I see that. I appreciate that. I mean, uh, look, uh, you know, um, there are people talking about uh, Alex more than they're talking about TAA cigars. So, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, man, well, you don't, fucking I mean, rest. don't yeah, give it a rest, bro. That's that's yeah, not that's, that coming early. That was coming that's, early. That's not a high bar. Cooper. You're right. You're right. I, it was an insult. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If that was really a compliment. Uh, yeah, it's true. It wasn't a compliment. All right, that was a. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think. Uh, okay, there's Tom Brady's talking about more than T. Well, that's <laughs> all right. So, so Alex, let's get. <laughs> All right. So, Alex, you know, 
let's get into a little of your background. And we like to kind of always start off um, when we have a new guest is we like to know about their first time smoking a cigar. What was that experience like? Can we handle sure. a little business first, Coop? Oh, we do have to do business. Yes, we do. Thank you, Bear. So, Alex, there's a tradition we have on the show for a guest. Um, and that is involving what Bear is going to smoke tonight. So, Bear, take it away. Thanks, Coop. So, yeah, Alex, uh, first of all, grabbed uh, grabbed uh, three cigars here for you to choose from from the fantastic uh, bags that we got of cigars at the, uh, the TGS event. So, really... I mean, uh, man, the vendors really came out with some really great, really great cigars. I mean, you guys did a phenomenal job of organizing this group of people and, and having them bring out some some great cigars. So honestly, I reached in and did three blind grabs uh, and uh, came out with some uh, some 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 good ones. So uh, it would honor me if you would pick my cigar uh, for tonight. So I have the uh, this is actually very appropriate since Coop doesn't get to smoke uh, in honor of him. This is the Inch Nicaragua. By E.P. Carrillo. The uh, Oz Jenner family cigars, uh, the Bosphorus. Okay. Uh, and then the uh, Tatuaje uh, Hibaro. Mm. So, yeah. what is it your be, selection, sir? It, it, it would be hard for me to go against Pete Johnson. I'm going to go to Tatuaje. You got it. Nice. I will light this up. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I just feel like he, he's like staring at my soul through Ben's background. So I had to, <laughs> I had to go he, Pete. He, ben, Ben's background approves of your decision, sir. Nice. There's a special voodoo back here, so he probably is. Yeah, Pete was like looking through me. So right, right. Yeah, Pete giving you the eye. Um, hey, let's go, go around the horn on what folks are smoking to. First, we'll start with Alex. What are you smoking tonight? All right, so right now I am smoking uh, Great Smoke 2023 debut, uh, Island Gym, Connecticut. And I have planned down the pipe, depending on how long we go, the uh, Great Smoke exclusive, Ferry Otego Timeless Black by uh, Michael Herklotz, made for the Red Meat Lovers pre-event dinner at the Great Smoke. Okay, nice. Um, Aaron, what are you smoking? Uh, I went with the... Sober Mesa Blue, um, because I know it's going to be a fairly long night. So I had to start with something more on the, uh, the medium route. Um, I know that the Sober Mesa was there at the Great Smoke. Um, smoked the one that was given to me. Went to go pull another one, and I grabbed the blue. So sticking with the, the theme of the cigars that were there, but I went with the blue this time because I smoked the other one already. That's good. Saka wasn't grumpy, by the way. You notice he wasn't really grumpy. He was Saka he, likes the great smoke, man. He he, yeah. he likes it. He he this is the second year in a row. He wasn't grumpy at the great smoke. I've been at events with him. He's grumpy. He's tired. Just what yeah. doesn't grumpy. He was tired, yeah. 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 Uh, so Ben, what are you smoking? I'm kind of going with the same thing we're all doing, basically. It's I'm smoking stuff that we got at the at the Great Smoke. And I'm starting it off with the Oscar family cigars, the Bosphorus. Oh That's wow. the one I'm That's starting it off. That's random. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. What a what a coincidence there. Yeah. I literally yeah. just put my hand in one of the bags and pulled out three. Uh, you know, I, I think that cigar is smoke. I mean, I think the new blend out of Ernesto is much better than the original. I agree. Yeah. yeah I think I, I think they did a really nice job on that blend. Yeah, it's it's a lot better, actually, in my yes. eyes as well. Yeah. 
but to be honest, I'm kind of almost out of all the cigars that we got at the got at the uh, show. Oh, you've been bit, you've been binging bit. them, man. Yeah, I've been I've been smoking through them. I probably have maybe six left, honestly. Yeah, out of all of them. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Ben, because you know we're all in that text chain, and it seemed like every hour you were shoot, sending shooting another cigar off there. I'm like, you are just chain right now. Well, yeah. Luckily, I had a big meeting day yesterday, so when I have meetings, I just come outside and have my laptop, and I just herf with myself all yeah. day. Love so, it, love yeah. it. You, you know, I, I want to, as long as we're talking about the smokes in the bag. I mean, I think this is a good, uh, and then we'll get into some of the background on Alex. Um, Alex, I mean, this selection of cigars that you guys put together this year. I, I, I mean, honestly. They were all great cigars. Maybe not everyone. It's not for every profile of them, but you can honestly say you can't say that these were bad cigars. These were there were no there were no filler cigars or, or seconds like in there. These were good cigars that you guys had in there. You guys worked hard on that. Yeah, yeah, we did. That was important to us, and and especially with um, reducing the number of manufacturers. There's you know most people know it went from forty to thirty two. And, uh, you know, there was a couple of reasons for that. You know, look, I, the, the great smoke is a big ask for a lot of manufacturers to do. And, um, you know, look, let's let, let's be real. You know, out of 40 cigars, there's there's always eight you could toss. I don't, I don't care, you know, what right. it is. But um, so, you know, that was part of it. You know, we, 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 we wanted to we wanted to work with manufacturers that were going to be into it and, and that had the understanding that, look, we want to provide something good. You know, don't don't just give us your your cheapest, your your you know, easiest toss away cigar. And, and, um, you know, it, it worked out for us, man. I, the selection was great. I think it, it's one of the better, if not the best selections we've had at the great smoke. And, you know, that's, that's a testament to the manufacturers. They, they, they really put their best foot forward with that and, and gave a great selection for everybody to have, man. I, I was pleased with it as well. You know, it really turned so out. Can, well. I, can I make a, uh, just as a general comment and kind of a story, but this relates to what Alex, what you're saying. So as part of when we were, in the event and, you know, taking the, the coupon book, if you will, and, and going from station to station, we were about halfway through and uh, Trip and myself were in line. Ben went off to talk to uh, Pete Johnson. So I was kind of double dipping for myself. Pro protect ben. Pete Johnson. Protect Let's Pete Johnson from Justin. Yeah. Yes. Protect. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Trip and I are in line and there's two gentlemen in front of us and they're walking up um, to booth. I think it was like 17. And the guy says, um, Tatuahi, he goes, I've never heard of that. Is that good? And I looked at him. I said, yeah, you're going to really enjoy it. He went to the next booth and he goes, my father, I haven't heard of that either. So it, it, what got me thinking about it is, and you kind of, Alex, you hit on it, is I think it's important for the manufacturers that, that go to the event to realize that you're going to have all walks of individuals that are, that are, you know, novices all the way up through kind of the seasoned smoker, we'll say. So they did a good job this year of not just giving filler cigars because you don't know, like if someone's going to have their first foray into a Tatuaje and I'm just using that example because it was the first booth and you're, you're given something that's a filler cigar. No, not on Tatuaje that they have filler cigars, but, but going off that story, that's going to be their first impression of said brand. You got to be careful because I was actually very surprised that those guys made the comment that they had never heard of a Tatuaje or my father, and they're at the Great Smoke. So it was a learning experience for me. Like you got walks from of, of everywhere from, you know, people there to get, you know, great cigars at a great price, all the way to people that maybe 
only smoked a couple of cigars over their their life so far, and that's going to be their first um, entree into that brand. And so I think it's important to make a good impression as you know somebody new trying your brand. Yeah, man, I uh, absolutely. I, I I actually got a, got to meet a lot of people, especially there, there's like a lot of guys who are familiar with us or part of our social group, and you know, are smoking fans and but that brought friends or had their own little cigar crew and wherever they're at. And, and those friends may, aren't you know, as heavily involved in this cigar world. And, you know, I, I had one guy tell me, look, wow, this is amazing. I learned more today than I have, you know, the time that I've been smoking. I only started six months ago. So yeah, first impression is important, man. You know, these guys are, are not, not only, and that, that's the thing. They're not only not, you know, hearing about Tatuaje for the first time, but they're meeting Pete Johnson face to face, you know, so so they're they're getting they're getting an experience that a lot of people, including myself, don't get. You know, I smoked Tatuaje long before I ever got to meet Pete Johnson. So, yeah, it's important that, you know, these guys not only get a, a great first experience with that person, but with their cigar as well. You know, two points on that. Um, Last year, Bear and I, when we were looking at the cigars that came out. We there was one cigar in particular that we thought was that cigar that was not that there were any bad selection, but there was one that we thought really stood out from a manufacturer um, because it had a very wide appeal. And and that was from Perdomo. That was the uh, yeah. the Habano, the Habano, Connecticut, Habano, the Habano Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. And the and pre- simple presentation that they do, too, they have a single bag. They have the write up piece on it. They I mean. We were talking about first impressions. Yeah, I don't mean to steal your thunder, Coop, but that's, no, but that, that's, that's exactly what, what, what. Yeah, because sometimes Alex, I think for us, we're you know we are the seasoned cigar smokers, but we do forget that there's people who come to this event that are new, or uh, they're trying to you know get learn more about cigars. They're trying to get some good value on cigars, um, and this this is why this event. Like like I said, I I was very clear. This is the best value I've seen of any event. That, in the country of this of this size, and but, but the other thing that, that gets lost is it, it can appeal to a lot of different types of people here, and I think that's what you guys did really good. Well, yeah, I actually, I got, oh please, Alex, go ahead. No, I was going to say I got to give credit to uh, Nick Perdomo. I I'm pretty sure he does that every year, and and it stands out. You know, his, his cigars are individually bagged yep. with a little little yep. something in there to give some information, and and look. I have a bag full of 32 cigars. That one's going to stick out a little bit. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to, if I, especially if I'm new, I'm going to pull that out. I'm going to read it. What is this? It looks, it has a better presentation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, than the rest. And and look, Nick Perdomo is a master of that. He, he really is. And he deserves all the credit in the world for the way he presents his cigars and gets them out there, you know, and informs the customer, even just, even his boxes, um, you know, sitting on the shelf, you know, his, his talkers they're, they're Yeah. They could teach a masterclass yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it was stores, right? We're we're talking about first test. Where I when I uh, when I was uh, recording an event that I'm sure we'll talk about uh, during the smoke the uh, the uh, the stash the famous stash shaving. Um, I, I ran into I ran into a guy uh, when I was getting some water out of one of the stations. Another phen- phenomenal idea. Um, and uh, ran into him and immediately I knew he was from Texas because he said. You know, he said, "Hey, how you doing?" And I said, "I said I'm good." And uh, I said, "You having fun?" And he's like, "Yeah, we got to talking a little bit." I was like, "You're from Texas, aren't you?" He's like, "Hey, how'd you know?" And he was there by himself. He he stumbled onto the Great Smoke website 
He's been smoking cigars for a couple of years. Uh, nobody from his home shot came with him. Nobody, no friends came. He came out by himself, stumbled onto the TGS website. It was like, hey, this looks like fun. And, uh, and, and came and came out to the event. I mean, it just, uh, fantastic. Just absolutely just really cool, really cool experience for for that guy. So his name was Alex too, by the way, it was really yeah. funny. Hey, hey, just FYI, just FYI, I'm going to run with great smoke stuff for now guys. And then after the president segment, we'll come back on some of Alex's background just so we don't kind of break because we keep some momentum. Is that okay, guys? Uh, absolutely. Sure. absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging. Okay. But, um, l- listen, that that's, that's, you know, that's what's, important to us and that's what we actually spend the most time on is is the experience of being there um the our our number one goal is to make this more than just a cattle call is to never be just a cattle call so you know the cigars are great i'm glad you know the value is there but um you know it's the experience that's actually more important to us you know the, the 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 fun that people had the excitement people had um that's the that's the feedback that that is really important. You know, the value and the cigars were great. They were top notch this year. I think, like I said, I think it was probably the best year we had and we want to keep that, but um, we're that, that we can maneuver where the wheels really start turning is okay. How, how do we make the experience better next year and the year after and the year after. Well, that's a really great segue because you talk about the experience and that the event itself is the event itself. And there's plenty to talk about within it. But there are also these one these fantastic side events. I didn't get to attend any uh, just because I flew in the night before the event, but the main event. But uh, but Coop and, and Ben went to to one of them, and I mean it's become a whole. I mean there's several pre and post um, parts of it that have just become you know part of the whole experience, like you were saying. Um, I mean, are there any plans to 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 add more onto it? I mean, I don't know how what possibly else you could do, but I mean. Uh, or or enhance uh, the already existing events that you guys have created. Well, I mean, look, we didn't we didn't think there would be any more add-ons once we got to um, you know the pre-events and, and and all that that goes along with it. But look, this year we added our first tailgate party, so you know there's always room for something. You never know when a need is going to pop up, and and and, and some look. I mean. We had people here that flew in. We, we had people crowd in the shop by Tuesday and, and, mm-hmm. and events didn't start until Thursday. So you never know. I mean, and that's that's why the events kind of happened. You know, people spend their money. They're flying in from out of town. Most people aren't coming in Saturday and leaving, you know, Sunday morning. So these people are here. A lot of them are on. This is might be their vacation for the year or, or, or for the season or whatnot. So. You know, we feel that with that, people willing to come to, you know, little old Boynton Beach to our, our our little, you know, cigar festival, we want to give them a reason to enjoy it and a reason to want to come back. So that's kind of where the events stem from. And yeah, so, you know, we have Thursday pre, uh, pre-event. pre Friday night is essentially two events, one ticketed, one, one and, you know, the dinner and, and then a free event in Boynton Beach. And this year started the uh, official tailgate party, which I'm sure will carry on. Um, everybody seemed to enjoy it. And plus, same thing. People arrived to the event early. The event, you know, doors don't open until 12. There last year we had people hanging out, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, crowding the the area. So we figured, hey, let's give them something to do. How about a uh, how about a tailgate? So there's always room. There's always room for who knows, who knows what'll pop up. You know, brunch, brunch is is huge. And I mean, look, there's a lot of people here uh, Sunday night. Maybe it'll turn into a Sunday night event. 
um, always room. So, so right now, no plans, but you never know. So Alex, do you guys, um, you know, as kind of post event, do you elicit feedback from the attendees? Like, Hey, you know, suggestions or, you know, do people submit comments to you or how does that work in terms of taking the voice of the customer, so to speak? So that that's actually in the process, but um, everyone will receive an email in, in, I don't know, maybe the next week or so we're, we're still kind of post TGS, but they'll receive an, an email and, and we're just going to ask a few questions and ask what their experience was like and, and, and leave room for comments, everyone that attended the great smoke. So we look for that feedback and, and look, the first thing we do, you know, essentially the last event is Sunday, Monday morning, we all pile into Abe's office and, and, you know, there's five of us in there and we, we have a sit down and go over, you know, what could we have done better? What, what didn't we like, what should change? And, and we, we get it on our minds, get it out while, while it's fresh. One of the questions I had, um, you know, we're, we're, we're heads down a lot of times talking to people that we're catching up with that we haven't seen over the last year or, um, you know, talking to patrons, et cetera. One of the things I noticed on the stage, it looked like there was, you know, a band to be set up there. Was there a band that played at any point or did I miss, and did I miss that? Or what was that? Yes, there, there was a band. There was a band. We had the, uh, the, the brown bag brass band playing, um, at different segments of time. Um, so if, if you guys were, if you guys were back more towards the manufacturer area, you probably didn't hear it as well. You probably yeah. wouldn't get the band experience because look, you know, we understand that look, the manufacturers are there to talk about their brand, talk about the cigars sell, you know, it is a selling event where consumers can buy product. So we don't want to have the music blaring back there where, you know, guys can't talk to each other and talk to consumers, but yeah, there, there was a band. And if you were kind of closer up, you'd be able to see and, and watch the band and, and it's on full display on the, the virtual side as well. They, you know, part of the segments that they watch is the band playing. Yep. Yep. Alex, when you mentioned, was there something that you, that stood out that kind of kept you up during the, you know, kind of, during the show was a problem that maybe kind of was transparent to anybody, or maybe it was transparent, but what did you guys, was there anything that really went wrong that, because you know, I didn't think anything major went wrong, to be honest with you guys. Maybe you, I, I have one thing I can mention, but, but otherwise for the most part, I thought you guys did a pretty good. Was there anything in particular? Yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't have any, any, any major things go wrong this year. Um, And, and we all said that too. This, this was probably one of the smoothest, events yeah. that we've had and, and normally there is and, and the key to that is even when something uh goes wrong it is to uh you know try and make it as seamless as possible right. and, and not affect or even have the 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 people attending even realize that that there's an issue you know there was a couple of years where like you know years prior where like check-in became kind of a bottleneck but but that that's why we we sit down the day after you know it's fresh in our minds what went wrong Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I commented, I don't know how the check-in, what you guys did with the check-in, but I mean, there are a lot of people who had checked in and didn't have to wait online because we were all outside before the general admission opened. So whatever you guys did, it was very good is what I'm going to say. So look, that's, that's one of the things we improved on from last year, last year, for those that attended, you know, you kind of came in and checked into the side. And and then what happened is everybody waiting was kind of piling in with everybody in line and, and it became a little clustered. So that's why we, you know, we looked at that. We moved check into the front. We spent time back here, printed out, you know, makeshift tickets, check the scanners, make sure they could scan a folded up ticket, scan on a phone, scan through an email. So this way we can get everybody in 
as quickly as possible. That's one of the things we looked at from last year. One yeah, of the things, go ahead, Coop. No, you go ahead. You go ahead, Aaron. One of the things that I, I this is I can handle a lot of smoke. And what I noticed is when, when I walked out um, towards the end, you guys were able to open up kind of the side. They, they, the, there was doors that faced out to the patio, the, the, the closed in section there, right? I walked out when you guys eventually opened up the doors and it looked like it was like a fog machine outside because all the smoke coming out. I sure. couldn't take it anymore towards the end because it was so smoky in there. That would have been my only thing that I guess from a consumer perspective, it was so smoky in there that by the end, my eyes, I literally couldn't even almost take it to where I think if those doors could have stayed open, I think it would have vented better. But I don't know if you heard that from somebody else. No, listen, I agree. I experienced it myself. It was very smoky in there. So there's that door, that 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 gate. Um, and that's one of the things I mentioned. We need, we need to have that open early. So, and there's kind of a catch 22 here. So there's also vents on the, along the sides in, in the building um, that could be open. But the other, the other side of that is, you know, we also make sure we, we actually pay to have the place air conditioned. So it's like oh, yeah. sweat, sweat or smoke. We kind of, kind of balance that out. So we're considering things, you may be having some fans up high pointing towards that, that open gate to kind of push the smoke out. So it, it's it's kind of one of them tough things. We don't we don't want to have everybody sweating to death either, but we kind of yeah kind of try and work with the smoke because it is smoky. I experienced myself. It was very I'm gonna, smoky. I'm gonna lob an idea from the cheap seats here for you, Alex. Invite Rabbit Air to be a vendor and have them display all their equipment and use it. I mean. Uh... Well, number one, Rabbit Air is a vendor. Um, I don't know if they have. They would probably need about fifty machines, yeah, but they probably need about eight thousand of them. <laughs> yeah. But actually, Rabbit Air is a vendor. That's I said know, it was maybe. from the cheap seats guys. <laughs> maybe we can, you know, toss that out to them. You know, throw it, throw a few around. I don't know how many. Yeah. How many you guys want to bring fifty, maybe five hundred. Right, you know, places <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, the, uh, the. Um... No, that was uh, like I said, it was it was interesting when we when we went outside and we saw the exhaust, you know, and and credit to having a system still to do, you know, it, it's you don't real you, you kind of take it for granted sometimes, you know, when you're in a in a facility like that. Um, how much right. smoke there is? You just do there's I mean, well, we saw it with the car at a small scale. Um, so uh, but no, it was uh. You know, I think I think overall, one thing I did like, Alex, you mentioned, and this has been a subject that's come up at the festivals I've gone to, is the blasting music. Uh, now, it was loud at the JD event, I'm going to say, but but that's through a state, right? But I think you guys did a really, really good job at like the, what you just said. We can have mm -hmm. conversations over um, on with the vendors. Um, right. You can have conversations at the tables. So, but I'm just telling you, it, it was it was bad at Pro Sabor and to a lesser extent at, at Pro Cigar. So I was very happy about that. I did notice it was like a New Orleans band that played at one point. So yeah. I, that did catch me. But yeah, you guys did a good job with that. Yeah. So it's funny, actually, the 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 um, at the Drew Estate event that that's uh, and I love him. Great guy. That's DJ Eli. If if, if Jonathan is coming to an event, he wants DJ Eli there. That's his DJ. That's his day. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
And and he's got to be set up right next to Jonathan. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, I feel like a speaker will reach, but he's got to be set up next yeah. to Jonathan. That's where he goes. That's Jonathan's DJ. So that that one was kind of out of our hands. Yeah, no, I, I, that's why I was very clear on that one. I, I know yeah, yeah. Ben and I took refuge behind the Jewish State booth. Like he found an area like that. At least the sounds were going in the opposite direction. And we were just hanging back there with uh, Chef Julia. Um, and then Jonathan kept coming back, back and forth every few minutes, you know. I, uh, I didn't exactly find that spot. I walked over to say hi to JD, and he grabbed me. Oh, said, come hey, back here. Yeah, get, get the fuck back over here. Come yeah. out through here. And drug me to the other side, which yeah. turned out to be pretty amazing. Actually. Yeah, and then he's, I'll be one minute, right? I'll be one minute. And then you'll you're there work there for an hour. And then I didn't, I didn't get my hot pot then. So... <laughs> Because I like that hot pot place across the street, uh, Alex. And yeah. Yes, they yes, closed. Yes. They closed. I was like, ah, but we, we found a we found a very good Asian restaurant in Boca, so I wasn't upset. But but yeah, that was because you know Jonathan's like, oh, one minute, one minute. You know, it it turns into like two hours. Of course, of course. But yeah, that's actually one of the things we added on um, this year as well with the pre events. If, if you know, there there are a lot more tables than we had the whole outside tenant. So um, I had never seen know, the outside was, set up like that before with the tent and everything. Yeah, that was the first time I sort of so, said that. Yeah, the first time we ever did it was for for Abe's 50th birthday party. And it was mm -hmm. just nice. It, you know, you, you get tables out, you can yeah. seat more people. It, it relieves pressure from everybody inside and, you know, talk about smoke. Yep. You know, having yep. a couple hundred people inside the stores yep. you know, is like a chimney. So and that was a nice that was that was nice feature. And, and we'll continue to do that. It just gave people more room to sit. You're you're outside, but you're still kind of covered. And, uh, you know, that worked out well as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was really nice. The whole area out there was was really set up really well, and it was perfect weather for South Florida. You know? It really was. So it was great to be able to go outside, you know. It was a good setup. Yeah, well, look, I mean, bottom line is the great smoke in July in, in South Florida would be miserable. We'd be sweating to death. So, you know, the February, March time that we have, even though it conflicts with a lot of stuff, I mean, that's when – that, that's why we live here, you know, for the, for those kind of months. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because when you even get into April in South Florida, it, I mean, I remember Lazona Palooza one year, like the first Lazona Palooza was like the end of March, early April. And it was miserably hot. Even then it was just, and the humidity was starting to come in. And that's why they moved it to November, except for last year, they moved it up again. But um, Yeah. So yeah, when, uh, when the when the humidity hits, man, it's no fun. It, it is no fun. Like I said, uh, it's for sure, you said rather for sure with that. Um, you mentioned the other thing you mentioned was the Red Meat Lovers Club. Then now I'll, we made the decision. I made the decision I wasn't going to go this year. Nothing against the event. It was Lent. Right. So I'm like, well, I mean, it's kind of like going to Red Meat Lovers dinner with Lent is, uh, you know, it's a little over the line. So I said I can skip it. I've been to it before. It's a great event. And then. Like the day before, our bishop gave us a dispensation. But at this point, we had everyone flying into Miami. It wasn't possible to make it. So um, how was it this year? Because, um, you know, I know last year it changed a bit, but it, it, I think I heard this year got back to how it was. Yeah. So so this year we, we were very pleased. Um, you know, we, we made sure last year the menu was a little different um which was good it was it was luau themed and you know they had they had a bunch of um you know whole pigs out there that they were cutting up last year but we wanted to take it back to you know the origin of red meat lovers and and, and make sure that after the appetizers and all that good stuff everybody had a 
had a steak on their plate and and that's what they did and 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 credit credit to those guys man evan darnell and and um his team and the caterers i mean they got they got everybody plated a steak in like i think they said it was like 28 minutes and we're talking about 200 people that's yeah, that's so. unbelievable they do an amazing they do that an amazing unbelievable job. yeah they do holy an amazing shit job. um because i was at the one with Lido and the one with pete and uh the one with soccer i mean so they were all like i said he puts on a clinic as far as, as that goes it, it's a it's amazing um there's like i said it it's He's got it down, man, and it's crazy. Um, it's, it's kind of a cool setting. You have this long table. It's I, it's like a yeah. Her, Arthur, her Klotz it, did a live. Did a okay, live so video. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, yeah. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's and it, why twenty eight minutes. I'm I'm blo- I'm still blown away by that number. That's sick. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember when I went. I I actually got to sit with Lido the first year. I was literally remember that, and that was the one where the dojo guys interviewed Lido. And Jack hires there, and he goes to Lido. Who's got the better hat? You or AJ Fernandez? I <laughs> <laughs> was just like, t- um, and, and Lido said him, of course, right? So, uh, but, yeah. Um, how did it? How how did it go with like having soccer against the red like, red meat love? Is it everyone just kind of flocked to the soccer event afterwards? Yeah, I mean that always happens anyway. So we we didn't we didn't really worried about worry about that. Look, the, the Red Meat Lovers is a 200 person ticketed dinner. Um, we had 200 people packing the store on, on Thursday. So by Friday, there, there's a ton of people here. We didn't think it was going to affect either one. There's room for both. And that's what happens. Everybody, you know, after the dinner's over, the, the dinner ends at 10 o'clock, give or take. And then everybody flocks over here, including Michael, who was a great and wonderful host. And listen, Michael's great on, on all aspects. And he right. was, he was a great host at the dinner and he drove back with me and we, we came over here and hung out. So that that's, that's normally what happens. We don't ever get concerned if, you know, there's conflicting of, because obviously look, Saka is a big name and a big draw and everybody wants to see Steve and but everybody kind of knew Saka would still be there, and he was. And look, that's just that's just who Steve is. We, we can shut and lock the doors if Steve's in the middle of a conversation, sitting outside. He'll sit there with people till three, four o'clock in the morning. That see, that's why I was concerned that he would be grumpy the next day. Okay, because I, I I had been to a soccer event with him late when he, when he did one in North Carolina. So I figured, oh, he's gonna be grumpy the next day, right? And he and he wasn't. That was what surprised me. And I, I, I also want to give credit to, and I, we, we don't, we don't really hear his name much, but uh, uh, Brendan, Michael's, Michael's, Michael, partner, yeah, absolutely. He, he came to the dinner, and he it was really nice, gracious, really nice guy, man. Uh, I, I was, I was first time I met him. I was glad to meet him. Really, really nice guy. They got a good team over there. He did. Bear, I, forgive me if, I, if I'm incorrect. Were you interviewing Brendan at some point, or no? Uh, at at TGS. No, just like in, on your show. Will you? I, if, did you interview uh, no, already? No, no. Um, but uh, thanks for reading my mind. That is something that I want to talk okay. to him I, about. I, I wasn't <laughs> sure. I apologize. I apologize if I put you on the spot. I was just wondering. Uh, Bear's kind of famous when they have when you have these duos. Bear tends to interview the individuals of the duo. I like that. Somebody's, yes. you know. I mean, so he get... he actually got Kevin Kite then away from Juan Cancel. I mean, a couple of times. So that that that's an interesting thing. <laughs> yeah. They still ask me every time. Are you sure you don't want us together? I'm like, I, I would love to have you guys <laughs> together, but th- th- this this is what I this is what I do. Yeah, you know, well, they do that to us too, man. They do that to us on KMA, and I'm like, yeah. listen, it, it's hard interviewing two guys. 
you know, especially YouTube, because you're, they're nuts to begin with. Right. So, but they do, oh, it's, but no, we're just going to have one on. We'll have you want to. And then sure enough, they pop one and they're both there or whatever. But yeah, they, <laughs> they, 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 they tend to like to come on together. Kevin's a great interview, uh, but I, re- I've, Kevin is a great interview, but I, I've really loved having Juan by himself. The, uh, the last time I had the, the privilege of interviewing Juan Cancel Solo was, uh, one of probably it, it, actually i'll go ahead and say it. it was my my favorite interaction i've ever had with him it was it was a like a wonderful, serious it was like a serious it was a wonderful conversation yeah one's a uh one's a good interview by himself and he's he's i i feel like we have a more more tame one nowadays right 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 he's no, been uh domesticated a little bit that that's <laughs> look i don't know if there's such thing as a a t- maybe yeah. a domesticated one, but I don't know about a tame one. Yeah, that's that's fair. One more can't, tame. more one tame. can't, one can't ship. One can't ship. Uh, how do we? Okay, Hon- I completely derailed this, so I apologize here to everyone. Hyundai boxes, Hyundai boxes. We get cigars in Hyundai boxes. Hyundai. Yeah, they. That's kind of. I remember that's come up on KMA where they get a shipment and it's a Hyundai box, and it's their cigars in, in a Hyundai box. Yeah. And, and and there'll be no packing slip, but everything written on the flap of the lid of the box of what's in the box. Here, Alex, this is a question I had for you. So, like, you know, these are we've talked about all these surrounding events. The, the the event itself is 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 nuts, and it's, I mean, I mean, we were wiped. Uh, in a great way. I mean, we we had a great time. We were exhausted I mean, we were by four ex- o'clock. We, yeah. we, were ex- we, we were exhausted. Like, do you are you are you attending everything? Like all four all four days. Yes, I'm attending everything. I'm there and I'm hanging out afterwards. My God, how do you not sleep for a week afterwards? <laughs> I mean, look, so there, there's a there's a certain feeling of accomplishment that happens. You know, we we spend a lot of time working on this, right? We sp- I mean, look, we already we already released the theme. We were working on the, the video for the new theme release for next year when before this year even happened um you know i spend time building out the virtual store we're working on abe's here late at night working on timelines for for the broadcast so when when it finally becomes time and and everything comes to fruition and you have all these people flying here from all over the place you know you you get that sense of gratitude and 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 you kind of get that extra boost you know, it's 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 showtime, and 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 you get to see everything come to fruition. It just it just for me anyway, and I, and I know Abe is the same way because he he's here as, as as much as possible. He attends all the events. It just gives you that extra boost to 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 want to keep going because we don't lose sight on the fact that you know people people spent their money to to come here and and hang out and they want to see us and. So we just make the extra time. I, I I try to be you know cognizant of it when I'm here. I there's a lot of people here, and I, I want to get to see as many people as possible. I don't I don't want to anybody to leave feeling like you know I didn't have time for them. So yeah, I mean yeah, it, it's tough, and and you know you go late nights, you go early mornings, and eventually you, you get some sleep when you can. But it, it's part of it, and and that feeling of of seeing it all come together kind of pushes you through more so than the tiredness of of working. What's your fuel of choice? Uh, adrenaline, cigars, or do you do you add do you add caffeine in there somewhere? No, you know I'm I'm not a big caffeine guy. Um, 
God bless you. I, I, I'm I a, look, I'll, I'll have I'll have a coffee or two in the morning. That's about it. But you know, I I, I don't I don't drink. So um, then I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get into me. But uh, you know, I'm I'm a water guy. But I also I am um um conscious of like the c- cigars I smoke later in the evening because like there's some that are like rocket fuel to me. Like for an example, I can't smoke the Room 101 13th anniversary after eight o'clock. I'll I'll be up till four o'clock in the morning thinking about like starving kids in Africa and stuff. I'm just like out of my mind, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like laying in bed. So I try to be conscious because, you know, when I, I want to get to bed, if I'm leaving here at, you know, one o'clock in the morning and I know I got to be at the fairgrounds at, you know, eight, nine o'clock, I want to try and get a couple hours in. I don't want to smoke a cigar that's going to keep me up all night. I made that mistake once. Uh, I, I had a cigar and, and, um, I'll never forget. It. I mean, I was fall. I was I was working a shift when I was working retail, and I was falling asleep on the couch. I lit up a cigar, uh, a stronger one, and uh, uh, the next thing I know, like the shift's over with, I go home. I'm trying to go to sleep at bed. I, I literally was up to four o'clock. I mean, it was the craziest thing. I've never I've never experienced that with a cigar ever, ever, and still haven't to again to this day. But I know what you're feeling. Like, that was yeah, that was an insane what? feeling. When it gets you, it's brutal because your your body is beat, you're tired, but you just you 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 just it won't won't let, shut off. It won't let you go to sleep. Yeah, no, yeah, no. No, I know that feeling too. Um, so, Coop, let's talk about some of the uh, the in uh, unless there was anything else on the adjacent events that you wanted to hit on. I was, no, no, um, I, yeah, go ahead. I was like really excited to talk about some of the stuff in uh, in it. And I, yeah, I, go ahead. I know this. I know this wasn't the main thing, uh, but it's something I wanted to take advantage of last year and this year didn't. But Ben, talk to us a little bit about the experience of of having uh, getting the the beard trim, the haircut. That's something I've wanted to do, and I, I missed both. You know, actually, I didn't, last even, year and this we didn't year. even recap that back at the house. You know, it's so crazy. But yeah, I'm curious on this too. Yeah, it was that. It was actually really really cool. Um, I wasn't expecting to see that. And I was actually trying to get into my barber before we went down. We drove down there and they were just booked solid. So I couldn't get in. So, I mean, I don't, this is about as long as I want my beard to be right. But when I got down there, it was like bushy and I can't stand that. So when we walked to the door and I saw that they had barbers sitting there, I was like, holy shit, this is really cool, man. And I watched it for a while. They were doing a really really good job and they were really good at really skilled barbers so i decided to come back a little bit later because there was a lot of people around them trying to get in there and it was all for it was all free right which i thought was really cool for y'all to do that and after we went through you know the line and kind of you know got a little bit of food and stuff we're kind of just started talking to everybody i said let me go check out check it out there was like one person there at the time so i i basically stood out there waiting for the next chair to open up and you know it opened up and i you know told the guys like he said what do you want i'm like well i don't know you tell me what can you do he said well we could do like you know like a basic fade or something like that you know and trim your beard up i said that's perfect that's exactly what i want so i mean really quickly he you know he trim my beard up and it looked really nice and clean when i got done um just kind of a not a skin fade but a basic one because like we don't have time to do like a, a true fade but he just basically touched everything up and man i was like i said dude please tell me we're allowed to at least tip y'all was, oh yeah we could take a tip so i had it even 20 because i thought i mean you had abe's barber you had abe's guy 
Oh, yeah, really? so, yeah, yeah, that that look, that's one of the cool features that you can uh, put on at an event when you own a barbershop. You know, Abe and is partners with Adrian with uh, Real Clips Barbershop. And uh, that that shop's actually right next to our Smoke in West Palm location. Adrian's great barber, oh. Ivan, you know, they're part of the family. So, yeah, and, and, and they love it. They love doing it, man. They have a good time. And it's just an, it's just one of those things. Again, you know, nice little perk. What else can we add to make a, a, a cool experience? And it looks perfect for, like, like you said, oh, I didn't I didn't have time. I couldn't get a cut. You know what? Let me let me get a quick trim up, quick shape. And those guys love it. And their barbershop is awesome. Like, I, it's it's right next to the West Palm store where we're literally neighbors and, you know, Abe's partners with Adrian and it just makes for another great experience. And, and it's nice to have, again, people that are, that are excited to do it. Those guys like doing it. They like getting themselves out there, talking, dealing with people, having a good time. So, and, and you can see it with them, you know, they're, they're not, there just kind of like, you know, some barbers that we hired to come in and do an event in a smoky cigar shop where all their stuff's going to, you know, they like doing it. They enjoy it. Yeah, was, they they took time with everybody too. Like they they did a great job. Because uh, I sat there and I watched probably them probably do. They had three chairs there. And it was like I probably saw them do six customers, and every one of them was perfect. Like they were quick. They were quick, but they were really thorough and did a great job. Like they weren't trying to rush through and just do just do this quick as they can get a kind of okay. No, they they were quick. But they still did a great job on everybody. Everybody that got up looked really good. Like they did a fantastic job. That was that was really cool. Like that was not something I was expecting when I came down there because this is my first great smoke. I've never been to one before, and I just thought that was really unique and cool. And I, yeah. I just I just thought it was awesome, and it worked out great for me for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm, no. I'm, I'm kicking myself again for second straight year. It's a, uh, no, it's a great experience. And, and, and look, those guys are professionals. They know what they're doing and they understand that. Yeah. You know, the, the hair that they cut is, is their work. That's what, that's what people see. And so they, like you said, they don't, they don't rush it. And, you know, Abe just mentioned in the comments a couple of years ago, it started w- with one chair. It's, it's become so popular now that we have, we have three guys there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good that to hear that, you know, people enjoy it. And, and, um, you know, I'll relay that, relay that back to them too, because they deserve credit. Those guys work hard that day and, and they do good work. They, they don't just rush through haircuts to get another guy in. They want to make sure they give their best work and everybody has a good experience in their chair. Aaron, was there something apart from the cigars too? Like, like Ben really thought that that was really neat and everything. Was there something apart from the cigars that you really enjoyed? Um, I know we're going to get into the cigar experience as well, obviously, even though we've already touched on it, but like, what was your what was your favorite, I guess, non cigar related thing that you thought was really cool that that they that they did? Mm-hmm. Non cigar. Well, I mean, it, I don't know if the menu having some, you know, the the Ernie's and the the Pete Johnson and the and Saka being there. I think the ability for the we'll call it, quote unquote average consumer, right? So somebody that's just you know has smoked maybe their cigars or heard of them. To be able to see them and interact with them, you know, we're we're blessed. I am the the ability at PCA to to truly interact with them, but this is kind of on a different stage, right? So mm-hmm. for me, it was um, seeing those individuals kind of front and center, kind of meeting the their consumer, um, kind of meeting where they're at, if you will. Um, I I thought was great, and I think that the other thing too is. Um, I was really impressed that, you know, I granted there's probably different times where the food lines were maybe a little longer than others, 
but I thought, you know, the food was good. And I thought that uh, it wasn't where people were standing in line for 20 minutes looking to eat, right? I mean, people were able to grab whatever they were looking for, um, kind of get in and out. Um, some people aren't fans of buffets. I get it. My wife is not a fan of a buffet, but for me, it's great because I can get in, get out. I get what I want. Grab and go. Uh, yeah, grab and go. And then I'm, you know, back uh, having a bite to eat and then, then smoking cigars and hanging out with my friends. So I thought from an organization standpoint, um, you know, granted, everybody wants to be first in line to get their, their cigars because they think they're going to run out or something. I don't know. They want to, you know, plow through one through 32 as quick as they can, but, you know, by and large, I mean, it was, it was well-organized. It was um, easy to move around. Um, So I I thought that for me kind of stuck out. It was, it was really well run. That was actually a major point for you guys, Alex. I know, I know it's been in the past, but I heard, you can confirm this or not, but I heard that it, it was a huge, a, more so than ever, a huge point of emphasis to have the principles of these companies there so that we could have these interactions. Yeah. Um, uh, is that, is, 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 am I right on the money or am I, am I missing something? No, you're hundred percent correct. You know, that, that's a big part of it. And, and especially, especially, you know, being that there, there were less manufacturers than there'd been in the past. And part of that was, Look, you know, I'm friends with a lot of sales reps. I knew some, you know, before being in the industry. Obviously, I know a lot of them now, but most people don't really care about a sales rep. You know, they're they they're not there to meet the local Florida sales rep for the brand. Um, they're they're here to see the the principles of that brand, the the the, the makers, the owners, and and that's important to us. And that's one of our prerequisites of being in the event is that you know the the face of that brand is going to come and and, and be there for the people, you know, that's, that's important. A sales rep is cool, but it, it doesn't have the, the same effect as, you know, that person actually being there and being able to say, Hey, I met Pete Johnson. Pete Hernandez is cool, but you know, he's not Pete Johnson. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think you could really tell that too. Like I noticed, you know, when we were walking around, you know, that the people really were like, Oh my God, I get to meet, you know, Pete Johnson, you know, or Nick Malilo or, you know, Steve Saka. It was, you can see where like they were ex- generally excited. Oh my God, I get to meet them finally or whatever. You know, you can actually see the excitement in the consumer's eyes. But what I thought was really cool too is, and I was kind of wondering about this as we were starting to go through the line. One, I was impressed at how the line moved. It flowed really well. Like we were, it didn't seem like we were in line that long. Be totally because honest. you weren't, you weren't, you weren't in line long. Uh, I got summoned. I didn't leave on yeah, purpose. Really I didn't leave for you. I was and was on a mission. He was doing God's work. That's right. I had, you to. know, I, was, I took one for the team for everybody. <laughs> but, but I noticed too, like when we got somewhere where it's like, you know, like when Nick, Nick Malil was at his booth or when Matt Booth was there and you can kind of see where it was getting a little congested because everybody's wanting to get in there, talk to them, say hi, shake their hand. That a lot of times they would step out of their booth and kind of engage with some of the consumers that wanted to talk a little bit more. And the line would keep going. There's the people that just would try to get yeah. their cigars and go with their friends or whatever. So even they were, you know, aware, like, okay, let's, let's get rid of the, the log jam here, let's step out, we'll talk or whatever, you know? So it, I mean, it was set up really well and it was good to have those, like, like bear was saying the principles there, because it's, it's one of the few times you can see all of these great people at one spot. 
it was really good and it was and like i said i i saw those several consumers like we you know we we get to see these people all the time right and they're friends but a lot of these people they don't they this might be the first time they've ever seen them and to see one is a big deal to them but to see like you know 10 to 15 or, or 20 whatever of them i mean at once time that's that's a big thrill for a lot of people and you can see that in the face of consumers so i noticed that a lot so that was a great job that y'all did with that yeah and, and I, so good just go ahead no, just 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 to touch on that so that that's one of the things that that we we want and and we look we asked the manufacturers for a list of of who's coming with them and you know obviously we don't expect people to bring 12 13 15 people but we don't want a manufacturer to come by himself, you know, let, let somebody who works with you, let, let your local rep hand out your cigars. And so you have time to be on the other side of the booth. You're not just there. Hand, let him hand out the cigars while you can engage with consumers, sell your product, talk to people, say hello. Um, so that's what we want. We, uh, we like to see the manufacturers, the, the principals on the other side of the booth, being able to engage while somebody else is, is doing the labor of handing out the cigars and it makes the experience better. I'll tell you what it is like Coop calls these, these bear moments that I have and everything. And, and long, be, I, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have a, I feel like I have a very good friendship with Pete Johnson now. And that, that's, that stemmed from the moment that I'm about to describe that was at PCA a few years ago. I think it was my first, it was my first IPCPR that went with Coop. And I went to the Tatawahi booth. Coop was already there. And I walked up uh, and Pete Johnson greeted me. Uh, I'd only met him once prior and he handed me a cigar. And that was, that was a very touching moment for, for me. Like he, uh, and I, it, I wasn't like, Ooh, and I, it wasn't like a Gaga moment necessarily, but it was, it was, it was very humbling and a, a very humbling experience to have a principal like that. Someone like that to make it a point like here, bear, I would like you to have this. Um, and yeah, everyone in, in the, to fast forward to the great smoke and everything. Yes. Everyone's getting the same cigars and everything like that, but you get to have those moments with these people. And that's really special. Um, it still is to me. And I've, you know, I've, I, I mean, I have relationships probably with everyone in the room now. I'm very fortunate to, 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 to say that, um, which is, um, which is crazy, but um, it's still very special. And, and for people who aren't as fortunate as us, I can't, I can, I can test to how special that is. And I think it, it's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and even you mentioned, you know, the, the flow of going around and getting, getting your cigars. That's, that's something we pay attention to. You know, I, I was at another cigar event last, last year, I won't mention. And, um, you know, the, the ticket book was in alphabetical order, but the booths weren't in alphabetical order. So, you know, as you go around, you got to kind of spend your time flipping through a book, trying to find, even I get it's in alphabetical order, but I'm at, you know, booth one may be an A and booth two may be over, you know, maybe Oliva. Now you multiply those couple of seconds of flipping by, you know, a couple thousand people, you're going to start getting bottlenecks and jams. So it's just little things like that, making sure the ticket book matches the flow of the way the, the booths are lined up. I'll make, make a difference. Real quick. I got a question for you. And I don't know if this is logistically possible, but I'm just thinking about, you're talking about the cigars and you're talking about the booths. Have you guys thought about having a manufacturer give you choice A or B from their line, meaning, right? So if, if, if you're, if I'm a, you know, I, I smoke, let, 
I smoke everything, but I, but a lot of people will gravitate towards something I'm more on the mild side, right? Or some people gravitate towards Maduro or whatever the case may be. You know, the, if you go through the, I like the selection, but would it be logistically possible to have Tatawahe or take your brand, be able to, you can have a Connecticut or you can have a Maduro, you can have a Connecticut or you could have a Habano. I'm just thinking of having a choice of one or two, not, not more than two, I know, but I don't know if that's logistically possible. I'm just thinking out loud here as you're talking about the experience of what people kind of gravitate towards sometimes when they smoke. So the only the only issue with that is, you know, number one, we're already asking them to bring, you know, 1,500, 2,000 of one cigar. So if they split that up, you know, what what happens if they run out of one and not the right. other so yeah, so that's now what I was say. you know what i mean now the now the guy who's maybe a little further in line doesn't get the option to choose because he's already yeah. out you know every everybody wanted this one not the other one so that's why that kind of gets tricky and and listen believe me it's 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 hard enough to get these guys to to get one batch of you know a couple thousand cigars on time let, let alone two. Yeah. But that's what I would worry about is if, if a guy gets to a point where he's, oh, I thought there was going to be, you know, one of each. Plus, we like we like to uh, list the cigars as well so people can see what they're going to get. And um, yeah, I just don't want somebody who is expecting one thing or have an option. And when they get there, that option may have ran out because they already yeah. went through. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't know if it was logistically possible. I didn't think it. it, it I, look, you presented all the different obstacles with it, but I was just kind of thinking out loud as different. But sure. Yeah. You know, one thing I noticed with the booths this year, a lot of people had the same location as last year. Is that was that by design that you guys did that? It seemed it seemed kind of interesting to me when I well, looked at that. Well, because manufacturers bring um, bring you know people that work with them. A lot of times, what will happen is you know you have you have reps like Jeff Groover, like Pete Hernandez, who are indiv- uh, independent brokers who may rep for a number of different brands. So we kind of try to have them in the same area right. so that rep can maneuver within that area, helping each manufacturer out as they need it. So that's why you'll kind of see, you'll kind of see the, the uh, manufacturers in, in, in somewhat of the same order. We try to keep those guys who, who have people with them that are maybe repping drif- different brands together, make it a little easier for the rep than to have to bounce around all the way across or whatnot. Makes sense. Makes sense. Bear, I'm sorry. I know you were, I'll turn it back over to you on this. No, no, I think uh no, I, I think we, we we touched on a couple of things here. The um the um I just wanted to quickly shout out Sebastian Decope. You probably I know these guys travel quite a bit. Uh all do travel quite a bit and extensively, but I think he probably made the furthest trip. Uh, he came all the way from Switzerland, so uh shout out to shout out to Sebastian, our good friend 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 of the show, friend of DGS, who came uh came all the way to uh to to rep his brand Cavalier of Geneva, so um that that was that, that was really cool i i i i gotta say yes as far as manufacturers he he definitely uh i would say traveled the furthest but we do have one guy every year seth rosen he's been a regular of west palm forever and uh he currently lives out in israel yep. and he makes sure to come every year oh wow to the great, Shout out to him. great so guy. yeah seth seth is a little further than uh than sebastian but no, it's always great to see Sebastian. We know, you know, it's not a it's not a small trip for him. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. All right. So Bear, I think it may be that time. Let's hit it up. All right. Uh we're gonna get into our so I'll I'll explain in a second what it is. The president Alex, this is your opportunity, by the way, if you needed a break. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, this is our presidential trivia segment, and it is sponsored by United Cigars, uh, featuring the brands of La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay Byron, and now Alfonso by United, Smoke United, Live United. So in this segment, um, this is where we, we stump bear with a presidential trivia segment uh, question. Um, I decided to go a little easier on you tonight, Bear. Um, you've, we've done 17 of these. You've gotten 15 of 17 right. And I, I don't know. I just felt I felt I, Jay has a question in the queue that is so hard. I have to actually go validate it myself. Like I have to look. I have to make sure the information. So so the Jay question may be coming. Just so you're aware of that. But I just want to make sure that. Uh, it's terrifying. I have all, yeah. But you'll, <laughs> I think you'll like the question. So I went soft, but this is a softer ball question for Bear tonight. And the question, Bear, is um, I want to know the first president of the United States who, while in office, went on a train. Who went on a train, uh, like, who actually... As the, pre- as the president. So I'm not... And sitting, any- right? That's the... I'm reading the wording right? Sitting? Yes. Okay, I, I think I know this one too. I I, I did too, actually. Um, and it was I, I and I know it was on it was on uh um it was on it was on D Day, uh, but not in nineteen forty four, not nineteen forty four, uh, but it was on June sixth. I think it was in the early, it was in the it was during his first part of his first administration, first term in office in the early nineteen thirties. But I know it was June sixth. I know it was D Day. Uh. Uh, and it was Andrew Jackson, uh, who was the first president to. You meant eighteen. You meant eighteen. You meant the eighteen hundreds. Right. No, I said it wasn't the nineteen hundreds. It was. Oh, the okay. Okay. So yeah. The eighteen. Yeah. The eighteen thirties. It was his first term, and it was his, during his first term in office. It was Andrew Jackson. Okay. Uh, who there was a there was a train there was a train line. It was the very. I think it was. I believe because I'm also a train a train historian too. Um, but I believe it was the very first train line that was set up. It was in uh, the state of Maryland. Uh, from. Frederick to shit, but it, Baltimore maybe it has to be Baltimore. Um, but it was a, it was a train line in Maryland, and it was Andrew Jackson that was the first sitting president to ride on a train. Ben, do you do you concur? Yeah, so I thought it was too. Um, yes, is correct, and you had you had everything correct on that. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. So just you know, Alex Bear is uh, this segment is a pre- presidential trivia segment where we try to stump Bear with a a presidential trivia question, and I have thrown the kitchen sink at him on some of these questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> this one was a little lighter. Yeah. It was a so, little lighter. It was now there was a little trick to it. Okay, but you had it. That's why I said actually John Quincy Adams was the first ex president to ride a train. I was close on this one. So I, I saw the question. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a history buff. I'm more like the, the, yeah. the ancient times and that, but so I, I knew it, I knew it had to be 1800s, obviously. And, and I knew it was prior to Lincoln, but I, I didn't, you know, obviously he knew the whole deal where it was and, you know, so yeah. Well, there, there's an interesting connection with Lincoln too. Cause like Lincoln, Lincoln traveled on that same train line right, on his right. tour into office. And there was actually, right. that was the first assassination plot against him, which is famously known as the Baltimore plot. There's a great book on it uh, called the Baltimore plot. And there was an assassination plan to, uh, to get him before he even took the oath of office. And it was in Baltimore. It was on this train line, um, which is pretty cool. Like kind of connect kind of connection and everything that too. Um, 
the uh there's a um but where the state that you hail from um is home to uh u.s car number one alex i know that too so the u.s car number one is uh you guessed it it's the it's the train car that's specifically uh made for uh for 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 u.s presidents when they use it, it has has been used in forever because they've had air force one for forever and marine one and things like that to speed up travel but presidents don't travel by train anymore i think I think Dwight Eisenhower is probably like the last one to use it, um, but it's it's still there in Florida and can still be used. Yeah, US car number one. Yeah, I thought I might trick you up with this one, Bear, because like I said, Quincy Adams rode the train in 1830, but he was already out of office. That's why I kind of thought I might be able to trick you with it. But so the, I was trying to trick you a bit, but that's why I was very clear he had to be in office. Aku, why did you think that you were going to trick him? I mean, come on. You should know better about that. I know. He's 16 out of 18. Really? But I'm telling you, these are not soft. Most of these, this might have been one of the lightest questions I've thrown at him in this he's whole probably, thing. He's probably protesting the two losses, too. I'm sure there was something that you. He protested one of them, one. I am. He one, protested one of the Christmas. He protested the, the Christmas, the Christmas tree. One. The Christmas yeah. tree. Um, no, I, the. I think, uh, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. I, I think I could stump you. Probably, I think I I've, I've I've had people do side questions to me where I'm just like I I've I've kind of missed on everything. Um, I've I I missed on a baseball one at the McAuliffe open house last year. That was that was embarrassing. How did you miss a baseball question? That's the, that's I know stuff. right. Yeah, that was the worst one. So I think I could stump you on presidents. I he, think I could stump you. On tell presidents. You, he wants to give you the question. So come on, Alex, give him a question. Give him a question. Can you got one. All right, there were eight. Can you name the left-handed presidents? I'm a lefty. It's only uh, left-handed presidents. Um, um, there are eight. Um, I know one for two for sure. Uh, um, I, I, Hoover was one. Ford was one. Yes, yes. Reagan was Reagan was one. Yes, I'm already impressed. Truman, right? Yes. Truman was one. Yes. Um, how many is that? Shit. Four. You got four. Recent. Oh shit! Uh, Obama. Okay. Obama's left-handed. Yeah. Okay. Recent. Recent. Um. Fuck. One of the bushes. Shit. One of the bushes, right? Yes. I'll give you that. H. It was HW as the dad. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're you're forgetting another recent one. Yes, you're forgetting a recent one. I'm impressed already. And and the other ones are Trump Trump, Trump Trump's right handed. Trump Trump's, Trump's right handed. Biden's yeah. Biden's right handed. So, recent. Uh, you're in there. Come on. Okay, so let me go back. So, W wasn't covered. Reagan. Clinton was Clinton left-handed. Yes, yes, Clinton. Clinton that, that I kind of guessed. That I didn't really I didn't definitively say that. Um, one left and he's one of those one of those Oh, uh, that no, that no, that one I know. That um that was oh shit. Uh not No, not Grant. Um uh, nope, nope, nope. fuck. No, 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 close. no. Um Come on. Come on. You're in the range. You're, close. You're in the range. You're in the range. Not McKinley. McKinley. No, not McKinley. Not Roosevelt. Um 
Oh, you're right in the range. Oh, shit. Um, Garfield? Yes, yes, yes. Is that all? That's yes. all eight? That's shit. it. That's eight. That's Bear, eight. That, well done. that well is. Done. That was well amazing. Incredible. And I only know that because I'm a lefty and I like left-handed trivia. And, and, that and if you notice, Bear's are you hands left-handed? weren't at the keyboard, by the way. He's, are you uh, left-handed, Bear? No, I'm not. My, so my wife and two care, children so and two, and even two children are. To know that is impressive in itself. I'm a lefty, so that's why that kind of uh, stuff interests me. That's impressive. He, no, he's really good at this. He is really good at this trivia. There is not a like, like that, and that was all. I, that, that was I. Well, I love you. This presidential trivia. Yeah. Normally, like Excellent. Bear has this question on his show, but he has to guess it, right? But here, I, I kind of thought there was a unique opportunity to try to stump Bear, so I kind of <laughs> did a different spin on it uh, here. And uh, like I said, but it is amazing to sometimes see him kind of go through these iterations in terms of uh, guessing the question. And I know Listen, if you don't, man, you know, he doesn't. That was. Clear. No, that was impressive. Look, he he worked that one out. You know, that yeah. wasn't a, a one one answer question. I am right. I am well, it's it's the list. This. It's the list ones that you have to, and that's the 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 Jay Davis first one was fucking just insane. And like, well, I'm the Jay Davis second of, one's really I'm hard. Terrifi- I'm terrified of the second one. I I just have to um, check a few things the, for that the, second one because the uh, U.S. currency one was interesting too because that yeah. was like a list one too. Yeah. Um, but no, it's um. No, it's a lot of fun. Hey, this is that. This is actually the point that Miguel Shadell and I bonded over. Like we we had never met before. I had him on my show years ago, and it was a, I had never met him, and that was the time that we met, and then we bonded over U.S. presidential presidential trivia and baseball, awesome. and then baseball and baseball. Yeah, yeah, love it. Yep, that's good. All right, so that was our presidential trivia segment with a bonus question from the goat here, uh, sponsored by United Cigars. Um, so Alex, let's kind of turn a little about you now. Um, you wear a lot of hats here. Um, and I kind of usually, like I said, I usually do this at the beginning of the show, but we kind of, I wanted to ride the great smoke talk. And, um, what was, I mean, you're a cigar and smoker, you're an enthusiast. What was your first experience like, uh, with a cigar? So the first cigar that I kind of like remember actually smoking and enjoying, uh, it was an Ashton classic. And I remember it was, it was 2009 and it was down at, it was at Maggiano's Italian restaurant in, in Boca Raton. And it was after um, a friend of mine had a little uh, like engagement dinner. And it, it was kind of the, you know, kind of the typical guy thing to do there. He's getting married, hands out cigars. And uh, you know, he handed, he handed out a, a box of Ashton's to, to us. And um, there were just, there were, a, a, there were a couple of us that, really enjoyed it and it was it was intriguing and, and you know somebody you know yet you always see at a wedding or a party some people you know light light up take two puffs of a cigar because it's everybody else is doing it but there were a couple couple of us that that really enjoyed that moment and um that kind of kicked it off for me and, and a couple of friends of mine where you know then we went and found the local cigar shop puro cigars down down the street in del rey down here and uh, it became a regular thing for us. So that that first Ashton Classic, I mean, I don't, I don't even remember if I liked it, enjoyed it, but it was intriguing. And, and um, that that's what kicked it off for me, man. 2009 Ashton Classic, Maggiano's Italian Restaurant, Boca Raton, Florida. Very Just nice. the fact that I can remember that is, you know, tells me that obviously that was a, you know, something that was a, a memorable. Two people on the panel, life. two people on the panel smoked an Ashton for the first experience. Ben's Ben's was an Ashton too, VSG. Yep. Oh, sure was. 
Very good. Very good. Um, I didn't, I said Alex, cause I started in 2006. So we're not like, I should say serious. I started in 2006. Right, so, right. so not too, not too far. So what were you doing, Alex, before you got into the cigar business? So prior to the cigar business, I uh, worked for almost a decade in uh, drug and alcohol treatment. Um, as I'm, I'm very open about, I am, I'm 13 years sober myself. I, I moved to Florida in 2009 and, you know, kind of get myself together. And uh, I, I spent a lot of time in that field. Uh, South Florida is a, has a large community of people in recovery and a, a large community of treatment centers or rehabs, as some would call them down here. So, um, you know, I, I got into that business and, and I, I mostly worked on the, on the, on the business end. I, I would worked in the admissions offices of different treatment centers, which is you're essentially the person that fields the calls of, of somebody coming in and, um, you know, that is inquiring about getting help or not sure, or, you know, sometimes you're, you're, you're spent half your time as almost like a, a crisis hotline worker. And, you know, the other half of trying to convince somebody that they probably need the help that they don't really want to get. Um, but I, I did that for, like I said, almost a decade. Um, that, that was uh, basically my career. Um, and then, then something happened. And unfortunately down here, um, it became more about business and insurance policies than it did about uh, about patient care and, and, and it, it left a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths including myself just the industry you know we're, we're dealing we always say you know we we deal with the sickest of the sick at their sickest you know and and for a lot of people it just became about mega dollar signs and and, and it was i mean that's a huge in, industry and, and that's an insurance-based industry and, and it pays a lot of money and people make a lot of money and unfortunately a lot of people lost sight of that so, um, you know, I, I, I was, uh, I was working at a treatment center and, you know, I helped build the treatment center. Then we sold it. And then I went to work for a, a, a larger treatment center and that kind of fell apart. They, they were not, um, they basically went bankrupt. So I took some time off. I, I knew I didn't want to do that anymore. And, um, I was just kind of floating, figuring out what I want to do, took some time off. And, and that was right around the same time Abe was opening up the West Palm store. And you knew Abe at the time. You so you, you were you already you already a customer at that time. Yeah. So so it's interesting. So when I was working at one of the treatment centers, I was working that I had kind of a weird schedule. I would work, um, I would work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So right. essentially, I would be in the office Friday, Saturday day, Sunday day. But even at night, I would I would take the phone home and I would field calls from home. And then I'd be off Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, um, which is kind of an odd schedule. Like you, you think it's great. Oh, I got three days off of work, but in those three days, everybody else I knew was working. So, you know, um, right. you know, so it's great three days, but everybody else is at work. What the hell am I going to do? So I was a, I was a customer at Abe's uh, Del Rey store. Um, I knew Vinny for a while. And um, at that time, Abe was still able to kind of work outside here at Boynton and, and kind of sit, you know, at the table. Um, he really doesn't have that ability now. It's just too much going on. He'll never get right. anything done. But him opening Boynton and me kind of coming around, um, you know, he was out there and he's accessible and we got to know each other. And, um, you know, we, we've had, you know, we would do 
crazy stuff like you know stop everything we were both doing in the middle of the day to go find a poker table so we can you know bring a poker poker table back to Boynton. <laughs> so um we got close me and a you know we became friends and um we we got we got pretty close when my son was born because his son is is about his son Asher's a year older than my son Carmine and um so you know we had that and our kids would hang out and even even so when I when I left the treatment business I actually went up to uh uh back to Philly for for about three months just kind of you know knew I wanted to come back down here but figuring out what I was going to do and it, it just you know the stars aligned and and he kind of he had a he had a need and in speaking with Abe and Abe's a guy I, I look at and have looked at as a mentor. And even when I was working in my industry and any questions or, or you know, thoughts I had about business and, you know, ways to operate, I, I would always go to him and ask him. And so he kind of knew where my mindset was and, and how I was and how I would fit, you know, for what his needs were. And obviously being around him, I knew what he expects of, of his people. So it kind of worked. And he was he was looking for someone to kind of help kick off the uh, West Palm store when it um when it opened up and I needed a job at the time. So next thing you know, I was managing West Palm. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and then, but then you, you, it's, you've definitely gotten involved in a lot of other things. I mean, I know the warehouse was one thing. Eventually you went over to KMA. So the role definitely expanded and grew for you uh, quickly. Yeah. So like I said, I, I worked on the business side of, of the treatment industry for pretty much my whole career there. You know, I worked on the back end. And so I was I'm, I'm more equipped for that kind of back end work. You know, I, I don't I don't mind staring at Excel spreadsheets all day and things like that. Um, so really what happened was COVID. Um, the West Palm store was you know, basically empty and you know, we were barely open and closed for a little while. Can you hear, can you hear her filling up ice or no? You're fine. I, okay. So, um, so COVID hit. Yep. Uh, COVID hit and um, I was, there was really not much for me to do. And Abe knew I had, you know, the, the ability to do other things. And I, I and I was kind of looking to move into another role. Um, I, look, I love the West Palm store. I loved retail. Um, you know, we, we did some things we, we would, we would turn that place into a nightclub once a month, uh, on the first Friday of the month. I mean, it was, it was wild times, but you know, I'm, I'm not an old man, but I'm old enough that, you know, closing down bars at, at two 30 in the morning is for folks in their, in their twenties, man. I mean, that, that's a rough life that I really wasn't looking forward to. So, you know, once again, you know, COVID kind of happened. They need more help here. They need more help at the warehouse. The internet was kind of building and building and it was just shooting up in, in, in to the sky and, and it just kind of fit. And I, I had the capabilities and I learned things along the way. And, and I think that's what, what Abe knows, you know, I don't, I don't have any, any formal education, but um, I'm resourceful. You know, if I don't know how to do something, give me, give me a couple hours, give me, you know, a $30 course on Udemy and let me figure it out. And, and uh, we'll get going. So kind of worked out. KMA just uh, came about because I don't know, Adam, you know, thanks Adam for your spot in KMA, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, look, you know, it, it's a funny thing, you know, shows like this. I just see it as look, we're five guys talking. Um, you know, if the camera wasn't on, we would be here talking just the same. Some people, you know, very much freeze up 
in front of a camera, even yeah. even though you may only be looking at the same five guys, just knowing that a camera's on. And and I don't know, it just kind of came natural to me. So KMA worked out. It's been great. I love KMA. It's been a whole lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. I yep. uh, I enjoy trying to see how we can improve it and you know do things and you know YouTube and get that up. And so um, yeah, KMA's just been an, an added bonus to uh, being on the job. It's actually funny. He asked me. I was when I was managing my first KMA episode. I I, I sat in for Paul, who wasn't, and this was when they were still in the studio. Yep. And it was with Lars Tetons, which was yeah. I remember. I remember that episode. Like, like insanity. That's an adventure. So like that, I've interviewed yeah, Lars. A, I know. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, I know you've never really done this before, but you want to come sit in, and you know, by the way, you know, Lars Tetons is on. I know you don't really know, but you're about to find out. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. Oh, boy. I I completely agree with that, Alex. I think that there's, I mean, there's, there's a very, and I deal with this, I deal with this in my day job too. There's, there's people that just don't do well with the camera on. There's people who just, um, who are gifted, uh, naturally gifted and, and at being well-spoken and, and, uh, the art of conversation is, is, is certainly that it's, it's an art and it's a science and, uh, and to make it entertaining and engaging, uh, to boot is is it can have its own set of challenges i actually found this out prior to the show tonight uh, that that you did not have any formal training or background in this and i was i was shocked i think you're an absolute natural man uh it's that's unbelievable absolutely yeah. so so kudos to you man that's that's it's a, that's that's pretty damn impressive yep no thank you man i appreciate it, it look i just find it fun you know and 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 i don't i don't uh, it, we're just five guys talking, you know, I, we would be just as energetic to me if the cameras weren't on. So that's, that's how I approach these things. That's how I approach KMA. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it's just kind of natural and I've come to learn that it's not natural for some, you know, like um, one of the examples is uh, Sandy from El Titan to bronze. If you go down to El Titan to bronze, Sandy will, she is yeah. wonderful. will tell stories for days. In front of a camera, we've had her own KMA. She gets a little shy. It's just a little for some people. It's yeah. hard to make that transition. Yep, I've I've definitely seen that, and I agree because I, I remember that episode. Yeah. Um, and it's happened. It happens. It's not a fault to her or anything, but it does. No, sometimes. it's just. It does, yeah. I, I mean, I remember when Abe, uh, going back to the like episode one, right? He had on. He was he was on like a blogger of the week, and he really discovered that there were really people that were good with the pen, but they don't necessarily translate to the camera or at the time, the microphone, it wasn't even camera back then. It was microphone. So that was, I remember that happened. Somehow I survived the weekly blogger, blogger of the week thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and imagine that. I mean, with no video is even easier. You're literally yeah, just yeah, talking it, into a it, microphone. It, it was, know? yeah, but I mean, it was pure radio back then. It was, they were right. in a studio uh, you would call in. You'd have to call in on a number, or they would call you back on uh, from a number, and you do it. You know, you do the show that way. Um, the video only started during COVID. It was right before you came on board when they got kicked out of the, the studio was closed down, and and the show wanted to go on. You know, the show had to go on, so uh, they quickly converted it to a Zoom show. Um, and from that point, it was continuous improvement on that thing. I actually did it once. Called it in too. Way way back in the day, yeah. That so ben, Ben's been doing this longer than all of us, by the way. Ben's been doing this like I don't want to guess, but a long time. So nineteen I mean, years. 
19 years, yeah. So Ben's been with a few other uh, blogs and, and, and media sites before. So yeah, that's, a long, that's a long time. It, it is. A, you, ben. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and somehow we uh, he was kind enough to join our team and deal with, deal with me. So uh, excellent. No, that, that's it. But Alex, the other thing is, and we'll, we're going to get into some industry topics, but I think quickly you really uh, ramped up on the industry. Uh, you really, like I said, I, I've seen you on K-Main really, uh, you, you, I mean, you already had a lot of experience, I think, running the retail, but I think you made a great transition into talking industry topics uh, every week, which I thought was a, a very strong suit you brought to the table for someone who hadn't been doing the media game for all that long. I think that comes from, I just enjoy the culture. You yeah. know, I enjoy the culture. I, I, I read Cigar Coop. I read Dojo. I read Half Wheel. I like to see what's going on. and. Um, you know, I just kind of know uh, how to present my opinion without ruffle. I know I've ruffled some feathers on, you know, Coop and I have both ruffled some feathers on like Dojo's show, for for example. But, um, <laughs> but, well, well, but Baron, um, I, yeah, some of us have too. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I just, I do. I enjoy the industry and, and, and look, it's, it's part of my job. So, you know, it's, it, it's like, it's like I, I used to tell the guys on the retail floor, you know, you spend all this time in the shop and you still don't know a guy's name who comes here every day. I mean, what, what, what is the point? What are you doing? So I, I feel the same way. Look, you know, what am I doing? If I'm not staying up to date on what's going on, this is the, this is how I feed my kids. And um, yeah, so I try to stay up on it. And, and part of that is for, you know, to, to be able to have an opinion or, or be able to understand what's going on when we're on KMA or if, or if someone, you know, a customer asked me a question you know, I want to be able to give them a, a proper answer. And, you know, it's just something I enjoy myself as well. This is a, uh, a interesting industry. Def definitely the case. Definitely the case for sure. All right. Um, what I'd like to do is I'd like to kind of get into a couple of industry topics uh, to kind of, but what we'll do is um, we have a couple of things, housekeeping things we got to do on a couple of segments. So Alex, if you need to take another break, uh, this may be a good time. Um, so it. I think, so um, first, we'll get into our great things are happening here segment. Um, and the great things are happening here segment is sponsored by Tobacco USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. So this is uh, the segment where Bear and I uh, pick a... Uh, a positive topic in the industry or not in the industry in the, in the news um, as opposed to all the bad news here. And uh, we uh, each pick one and it's uh, become one of our favorite segments. So bear, I'm going to have you kick this one off this week. Yeah. Thanks Coop. Uh, and, and in honor of the segment, I'm actually about to light up the, I finished the, the, the Tatawahe that, uh, uh, oh. that uh, Alex was kind enough to, to choose for me. And uh, I'm lighting up a uh, Henry Clay Warhawk from the uh, from the Great Smoke Pack. I got to say that Tatawai the Hibaro, what's an age on that cigar? Like, they actually yeah. really smoke well with a lot of age on those cigars. A lot of a lot of peat cigars do that. But yeah, the Hibaro is actually very good if you if you actually let it rest um, yep. for quite some time. It's one of those things. It's yeah. one of I think it's one of the things that Pete does really well is that like there's there's cigars that are great off the shelf. Um, and then there's cigars that, you know, that age uh, incredibly well um, and, and, and really build in complexity and stuff. So 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm lighting up the Henry Clay Warhawk now. So, but my, my, this was more of an interesting story, uh, more fascinating than anything else, but I thought it was really cool. Um, it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, as a society, like we have, we have not begun to even tap some of the limits and everything. And, um, you know, from the mouse of babes, sometimes it's, it's children or young people who, who, uh, can really be pioneers in some things. So, um, um, so th this story is about there's two teens that actually uh, say that they have a new proof for a 2000 year old mathematical theorem uh, method scholars thought that was actually impossible. So this uh, uh, Ben, you'll appreciate this. Uh, two kids from New Orleans, man, a New Orleans high school claim they have solved a 2000 year old puzzle in mathematics, which scientists said was uh, uh, what you're saying should be submitted for peer review. Uh, so Kelsey uh, Johnson and uh Nikia Jackson from St. Mary's Academy presented their findings to a meeting of the American Mathematics Society in which they explained that they were able to prove Pythagoras' theorem using trigonometry rather than circular logic. So um, for I'll spare people who don't know math, and I'm, I'm certainly in that camp. I'm a layman when it comes to this. Uh, um, trigonometry is the study of triangles, and Pythagoras' theorem deals with triangles that are not perfectly symmetrical, and it goes like this. So the area of the square uh, whose side is the hypotenuse, the side of the right angle, is equal to the sum of the areas of the, on, of the square on the other two sides, right? So uh, hence, a squared plus bc squared equals c squared. That's the Pythagorean theorem. So um, it's been that way for 2,000 years. No mathematician has been able to demonstrate the truth of, of it, whether simply using the equation itself as a proof, what is called what they called circular logic and not accepted the truth of his truth of it or not. So Johnson and Jackson reference uh, the Pythagorean proposition book and they investigated the concept and were claimed they're able to prove it this, uh, this other way, which is pretty crazy. And using the abstract equation, they cite for this sine two plus cosine two X equals one, uh, which doesn't mean a whole lot to me or most people, but the fact that they were able to put a new spin on a 2000 year old uh, theorem that's kind of been taught in, that's been taught in schools and Ivy League, you know, academies, doctors and scientists have used this theorem for the better part of 2000 years and said that there's no other way these these two kids say they found something else. It's pretty awesome. That is cool. It's been all over the news in New Orleans past day or so. It's pretty cool. It's really awesome. Uh, so hats off to uh, Johnson and Jackson, man. These girls are, they've obviously got a bright future and uh, certainly could teach me a thing or two about math, which is probably one of my weaker subjects. Oh, I didn't think, I wouldn't think that with you. I would somehow I just always see you as a math guy. I've, I've got, I, I've it, math is, is, has been a developmental thing throughout my like my years i've gotten a lot better with numbers and a lot better with math as i've gotten older but it took a long time it was probably my weakest subject in school interesting interesting engineer i, I was math. Ton of math i was math i was I math a, too. i've got a lot of math behind me yeah i was math uh very high levels of math i took in college and uh, now i don't remember any of it all right. I've lucked so, out though. I married. I married a math. I married a mathematician, a scientist too. She has my wife has. A, I was just say I thought the science. Yeah, science then. Yeah. 
So she gets it. It makes sense to her, which is nice. nice. So whenever I need to work in Excel, she's my guru. Yeah. It's pretty cool. They say that it was the uh, result of trigonometry, the law of signs, that the proof is independent of the Pythagorean trig identity. The equation is sine 2x plus cosine 2x equals 1, which is pretty freaking awesome for these girls to come up with. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. I've heard of now, that. Now I know how you feel, Coop, when Garrett Robinson and I talk talk chess. Oh my goodness! Because <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, I know what pi, I know a squared plus b squared equals c squared. I don't know what it has. To, <laughs> right, like, like yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't know. But what I, pre- talking I about appreciate. Either, but I completely appreciate. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> These are two sixteen-year-old two, girls. Two high like, school yeah. kids. Yeah. I, yeah. By the way, guys, I know you've been working on this for two thousand years, but here you go. Yeah. Here's the thought. <laughs> right, right, exa- exactly. Do you ever think of looking at it this way? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Good for them. Yep. Yeah, Good I just want to. I have the picture pulled up of the two girls. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll go. Uh, if you can see them, I don't know. That's that's them there. Oh wow! Very. Yeah, nice. they're really they're really young. So that's that's phenomenal. Nice. All right. Um, I'm gonna do my story. Um, my story uh is, I guess it's an interesting story. Maybe it's an interesting story to me. Uh, there's a new national monument in the United States. Um, and this. and it is um Spirit Mountain, better known as uh, sometimes known as Abi Kwa Ami. Um, it's located in like the most southern part of Nevada. So if you know Nevada has that point at the bottom. Uh, it's near the California and Arizona borders. I've actually, um, I've not been on Spirit Mountain, but I, I remember seeing signs for Spirit Mountain on my cross-country travels. Um, and uh, yet they have designated it a national monument. And it was a um, area that's sacred to many Native American tribes, uh, particularly the people of the Fort Mojave Indian Reservation. Um, and it's it's in that Mojave Desert area Um Pretty, it's a pretty big designation. This is half a million acres that's going to uh, come under uh, federal protection as a uh, national monument there. Um, and I'm going to just put a quick picture up so people could see it um, because it is it is a pretty this is if you've not been into this part of the country. Um, I know Abe's not far from there right now, but uh, it's there's some beautiful uh, there's some beautiful areas of that country down there. And uh um, you can just I don't know, can folks see it? You see yeah, it? It's up. Yep, okay. It's up. Yep. Yep. So uh, that's Spirit Mountain there. Um, and uh, it is now a. What's the name of the desert? What's the name of the desert again, Coop? The Mojave Desert. Okay. Is that right? Are you trying to yes. correct me? Okay. Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, just giving I, you a hard time, Coop. You know, I went to the Mojave. <laughs> I was out in the Mojave Desert after the 2018 show. Do you remember? That was the. And when I came back, I I. Literally, when I was driving, I I flew out of uh, Vegas. That was the year um, the show was right before the 4th of July. And I flew out, and um, I felt the earthquake uh, as I was driving to the airport. It was that, that was the big Las Vegas er- earthquake that came actually from the Mojave Desert. And I, I actually had stopped at a rest stop and felt it. So it uh, wasn't bad where I was, but there were some pretty heavier head areas not far from there. So. This is one of the coolest jobs that U.S. presidents have is being able to dedicate them uh, 
the uh, the answer to Alex's question, President Clinton, the one that he gave me, uh, was gracious. Uh, Clinton actually uh, has dedicated more national monuments than uh, than anyone else. Uh, you know, Ted, Teddy obviously held the crown for for almost a century. So no, so he did not make McDonald's arches a national argument. Clinton, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure he tried, right? Probably, <laughs> if not, if not Walmart, he is from he is from Arkansas. Right, right. All right. Um, and then um, we have I, we want to, of course, um, thank the folks at Michael's Tobacco with over uh, a decade of ownership well, just over a decade of ownership. Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacco in the Dallas Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over with two convenient locations in Euless, Texas. Just a quick jaunt from the DFW airport in Keller, Texas. Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its ever-growing accommodations list. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCPR board member and now has made Michael's a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, home bond, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite beverage pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and days of yore. Okay, guys, um, I have a couple of industry topics. I don't think these are very uh, popular topics, but um, um, so... Um, I want to get everyone's input on this because we haven't talked about it as a team or get Alex's input. Um, I'm going to switch the order of this. I want to talk PCA first. Um, so I want to just kind of preface this. Everyone knows that the PCA trade show days were moved. Okay. And we're going to get into some conversation about this. But I want to mean everybody on the panel or everybody, everybody. Which... I, I, well, depends. Like, but I just, maybe everybody, everybody, right? But let's start. Cigar Coop and everybody will know. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone, yeah, that's <laughs> shameless right. plug. But last Fine. night I was on How About That Cigar, okay, uh, with Jay Davis, our good friend Jay Davis. And there were two pieces of comments that I wrote down, right, about that discussion about the, the PCA trade show moving. One was from Abe DeBabna, and his words were, who cares? Okay. And the second was from Michael Herklotz, who said, epic. So I want to address both of those questions, right? Because I disagreed with both of them. Um, a lot of people care about this. I'm telling you, I had high traffic after a slow week. And this is not an epic move, in my opinion. And we can get into that. But I don't know. What do you guys think of those comments? Alex, maybe apart from Coop, you probably know a best. I mean, has he? have you had this conversation with him? Why, why is he so uh, dismissive of it? Putting you on the spot, um, and I apologize. No, no, but... no, no, no. So I think Abe is. Um, I know we'll get into it Saturday too. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. I, 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 I'm not surprised by that answer from Abe. Um, Abe has his gripes with the PCA. Um, as a whole, as a show, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Okay, so they moved to March, so. It, it, to me, it, it kind of, it kind of makes it. What when is TP? January. January. So uh, you know, it makes me wonder: Are we going to see more manufacturers picking and choosing? I mean, you know, uh, are we going to see more retailers picking and choosing? Um, now you're talking about a couple months apart. How many people have time 
to make that kind of trip, you know, in January and then again in March or, or same thing for manufacturers. So, yeah, I don't I don't and I definitely don't think that's 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 a great epic move. Um, yeah, I don't know why. Why to get out of the heat, you know, for for and the quarter one sales. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what what value it really has. I wonder if this was a contracting thing. Yeah, that was Jay was Jay Davis was on last night and Jay indicated to us that um, the PCA did not have a good business arrangement with the Sands. And uh, that was also in my article, too. But I had known that as well. And they had to get out of they, they, it was just not a good contract because pretty much the PCA wanted them in only in that week uh, around 4th of July because they didn't want anyone else around. Um, they didn't want any of the shows there when the smoking happened. They weren't really cooperative uh, in terms of, uh, I think, dealing with some of the subcontractors there were difficult. And frankly, they've had a lot of pushback for having a show in July. So they decided to make the move. Now, I didn't think it was like I I personally didn't like the move. And I'm curious. We I haven't really gotten the opinions of the rest of the team here tonight. I'm curious. I personally didn't like the move. Uh, and I kind of agree with you, Alex, on some of that, too. I also think this was a move, and we didn't talk about this last night on HBC. I think this was a move with PCA saying, okay, TP, we're stepping up our game now. We're going to go head-to-head with you and see and see if you can handle it. I, I think there was a little bit of that in there, too. And now you're also on the toes of TAA as well, which is going on right now, right? So it's like oh, they're going to move. Gonna, they are going to move TAA. That's confirmed. T, the Part of the deal was uh, they got TAA to – TAA agreed to move their, their – you want to call it a show? I mean, um, to 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 October. They're yeah. I mean, they're all working their on event. the golf course. Yeah, they're golfing right. today. Showcase. They're go- they can't they can't get me press releases, but they're all on the golf course. Okay, right, right. right. But we'll but we'll hit TA in a little bit. Yeah. So so they are going to move TAA. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, though, Coop? Though I think taking location out of it for a second, the move to March, especially for retailers and people that have to go to the show in July. That for me in Chicago, I mean, that is some of the busiest months for shops around here with the holiday, with, you know, being able to just events they put on for being outside, just different things that go on in July versus something that goes, I, I can just speak for my shop. It's slower in March than it is in the, over the summer months. So for me, I think moving the the timing, taking away where it falls with the TPE and all of that. I think it makes a lot of sense for some of the retailers that are in the colder climates to be able to move it to March. You know, and that's a fair point because I, I, my feeling was down here. Like, and I've, t- I, my son worked retail for a while. So I, I, I could talk to him a lot about this topic this past week. Um, and I think the conclusion we both reached, at least again, talk in my area was they basically swapped a they sw- like like July March is no different down here because you're into March madness was a huge part there was a lot of things that went on with March madness it was already warmer down here so I I can kind of understand that so in the, maybe I have a different view of that I think you saying that for the north I I can see some of that 
Um, but the problem I had is this thing's up against a ton of events in the first quarter. I sure. mean, you saw what I was dealing, and I don't think it was in the best interest of the industry. I think if they moved it to April, I, I think I'd have a better. I, I would have felt better about it. No, no, but you you're you're in a climate again, just going off strictly of what I know from where my shops are and what I know from the Midwest. Uh, you're in a climate again where it's completely different. Where Alex is completely everybody that's on the. I would even put Ben in that boat. Your guys' climate's far different than what we have here in July. I mean, we've got outdoor smoking, not very much, right? And and events and and uh, you know street festivals and different things where I've seen cigar. You know, we have um, even up at uh, Summerfest. Some of the big, you know, we don't see a Perdomo or or Fuente at, at Summerfest, but they're cigar booths, right? So, you know, you get people that have to go away from their shops in July up in the Midwest especially around the fourth and that kind of stuff. I, I think it's going to be a better for them. Now, would April be better because of where everything else falls? Absolutely. But I look at it from what I experience up here. I think it's a good move for what we are up against sometimes for the retailers in my area. Just my two cents. Well, it's, it's the same where I've lived at too, right? On You know, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, the Florida Coast, New Orleans, the summertime is, you know, on the Gulf Coast, there's not much of a winter, right? There's there's basically light summer, and then, holy shit, it's hot as hell here. That's pretty much <laughs> all there is. But the, the, even that time during the summer, it's still, everybody's coming to the beaches, right? So it's still a very hectic time for every cigar shop that's in the area where I grew up at, right? Because you got all these vacationers coming down for the water and they're hanging out. And it doesn't slow down till October-ish, September, October. Yeah. So I, I've heard a lot of people say, look, I can't, I just can't leave my shop during this time because we're just so busy, yeah. right? And I totally get that. I understand that. You know, a lot of my, a lot of my friends that have shops, especially in the Florida, and the Panhandle and, and stuff, they're like, it's it's just it's not a good time to go. It's yeah. just because we've got so much going on here, you know. And they a lot of a lot of them are doing a lot of good time to do a lot of events too, because it's like perfect weather. You got your own locals, plus you got a, this influx of tons of tourists. They don't want to basically take off three days or four days to go to Vegas to the trade show, you know. Yeah. So I think moving it earlier is great. Now I'm kind of with you about maybe not March. You know, right? But I'm assuming they picked this time because this is the only time slot they could probably, you know, this. Get. Yeah, yeah. And Ben, I think the, like last night I was saying, and I actually said this in my article. I understand they had him get out, of, get out of the Venetian, okay. And I understand um, there was people wanted it out of July, so I'm not arguing that point. But I, I did not like. I just thought, like I said, a lot of points you made about spring break and is you know valid now i still can't believe this. this this is the one thing i'll disagree with you on ben i still don't believe that this idea of i can't leave my store it it's i don't quite get it to be honest with you um if you're in that if you're that tight on staff you probably aren't you know it, it, it has nothing to do with being tight on staff if if you're i mean we all work in different industries right you know it like i work in the it world if my team is on a massive project 
and we're working on this project, I'm, I'm, I don't feel good leaving them to go on a vacation in the middle of this ma- major project we got going on. I'm assuming that's their thought too, because I the shops that I'm talking about that have told me this, they they got good staffing. It has nothing to do with that, but they don't want to leave during their most crucial time, their crunch time, right? That's that's the way I see it. Not that oh well, you know I, I should do better of my staffing and shit. I mean it's it's not. It's you just don't want to leave your people there when. Is the basically the door just kind of stays open the whole time because people are just coming in, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. I guess you know, my argument I mean, today, you'll still have that art, you'll still have that problem in a lot of times in March. That was kind of where I was going with that. You basically swapped July well, for March with a similar problem. I, I can get, well, hey, I, I don't want to schedule the trade show in July because look, we take family vacations, my my staff takes family vacations. That part I get. But I, I still think you moved it to a very busy time as well. I, I true, but for like, like I said, the Gulf Coast region, July is way more busier than March. March has got all the spring break, but you're not really going after spring breakers, right? Because yeah. those are their kids, yeah. right? I mean, right. so during the time everybody's going on family vacations, but these adults that attend adults. the show, yeah. they attend the show have kids. Yep. Yeah. I have kids. Oh. You have kids. I mean, yeah. but, but I mean, honestly, though, could we could probably argue every any month is never good. You it's could never go no. every it, freaking month, right? Yeah. April's Easter, uh, May, uh, Memorial Day, uh, June, uh, whatever, July. Yeah. No good Fourth of July, August, back to school, September, Labor Day, October, Halloween, November, thanks. I mean, there's never gonna you're never gonna satisfy everybody, but I think you have to do what's gonna be the least invasive. And to me, March, April timeframe, I, I have no problem with it other than granted. Um, what if they what if I they did it? Go ahead, finish up. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, what no. if they did it Masters weekend? Well, I'm not going. I'm going. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what I mean. But I mean, you're right. I mean, you could, you know, you got March Madness, you got Masters Weekend, you got the U.S. Open. I mean, of course, there's never, you're never going to you know, appease everybody. But so I just think, look, like I said, if you strip away the idea and, and let's face it, TPE for a long time didn't have the momentum or I guess the, uh, the, the influence, right, that it does today. So, you know, you're kind of, uh, it, it's gained more momentum as time goes on. So now, no matter what, now you're competing against it, which you never really had to before in the past. So, yeah, I, I think it's a better move, honestly. I think, yeah, it's not great, but I think, um, I think it's better than July. Okay. Now, here's, here's the, can I, can I ask a question? Yeah. Yeah. Do any of you guys think this will increase attendance? Nope. Absolutely. No. Not in the short term. I'm going to say not in the short term. It no. may in the longer term. We'll see what happens. But not next year because I don't see it happening. Here's the question that I don't think anyone has asked yet, and I haven't really seen addressed. And there is going to be, with this this major of a time shift, there is going to be a major logistical and doctrinal shift when it comes to manufacturing cigars for the longest time the trade show for better or worse has been the center point for new releases for cigar companies and that's been the same time of year for 
a century, essentially. And uh, now, obviously, in more recent decades, it's obviously become more prominent. I mean, there weren't people in the 60s who were probably clamoring over the latest releaser of, you know, X, Y, and Z company. But the the it, it's going to be a, for me, it's a pretty logistical concern because let's not forget, guys, that these manufacturers shut down for a large portion of December and into January. Um, they shut down their factories completely. And um, and they're going to get back up and running at this time. And then, th- so, th- so again, the, the point we were talking about earlier, the principles are, principles are going to be there for that because they want to make sure that their production is getting back up to, to par and to snuff, et cetera. Uh, and then right on the heels of that, they have to, in Q1, they have to prepare logistically, um, you know, f- their team's, their companies and releases to now to now uh, be done in March. So next year, I think is going to be a, a, a shit show for that aspect. And people adjust. They'll, they'll probably they'll, be I two think years be fine that, in a couple yeah. years. Yeah, but, but it's gonna. I'm. I mean, they obviously signed off on it because they actually have board members now that are representing it. Herklotz thinks it's epic. He was part of probably you know probably well not probably he was part of those discussions because he's on the board now, but. Um, that's, that's my biggest concern. So, so um, there you make a great point. So I was thinking, you know, it's funny because when you were, now that you've mentioned that I was kind of going in through my, like, if you could have an ideal quote unquote, and taking away other shows that you're in other events that you're competing against, wouldn't in theory, like September be ideal? Um, I think September is a little is, is good. It, it it's right before the holiday rush. Uh, if you can, if they can line up the cigars like they did last year. Last year was probably the best orchestrated event in terms of least. I mean, everyone, every booth we attend. I mean, Aaron, you were there. Every booth we were attending. Hey, when's the cigar being available on shelves? Oh, it's it's available now. It'll be right. in a couple of weeks. It was the first time ever that that's been that spot on. Yep. If they could have that kind of, if they could have that kind of. Um, organization in September. I think that would be really nice. Uh, to Coop's point from earlier, I think April, is, I know it's just a month adjustment. Um, I think April is is a little bit, April and May are a little bit more ideal, uh, frankly. Um, it's enough separation between seasons um, and um, for, for, for all parties involved. And, and selfishly, uh, no one cares about my needs but q1's problematic in itself <laughs> for my day yeah. job but no, i get it but I, i'm uh, just thinking like september i mean if you it, well whatever we could go around in circles but i was just thinking if you if you do it that from everything you kind of laid out where you're going to have a hey, releases are coming out you're going into the holidays then you could have everything out yeah then the, the factories will shut down in kind of the holidays then you kind of roll into where it would kind of transition hey it's the start of a new year all these new cigars are out kind of let's just say January. And then you've got that, that year, because right now they kind of come out in the middle of the year. And it's like, I, I love when people have reviewed these cigars and they've been out for like a month and they're all, all of a sudden pairing on, you know, people's top 10 lists. They've been out for two weeks. You know, they come out December 15th and all of a sudden you see half the cigars are on top you know, 10, top 10 lists. And you're like, wait, how did you even possibly smoke this freaking thing and, and get it up for review and put it in your top 10 for the year. So Look, there's no perfect answer, but I was just thinking, moving instead of shifting it that way, what if they would have shifted it September? I mean, uh, I think 
The only reason ahead, ahead, um the only reason why they won't do September is because of Aaron Tabak. Well, okay. <laughs> See, it's like you're always gonna be competing, but I, I would think yes. Inner Tabak competes less than TPE. Maybe not. It's a different it's a it's t- it's just yeah, that covers but, the rest of the world. Right, the world yeah, right, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, I want to I, I would argue against I that. want to read a quote because Jay Davis commented that there's no competition between the PCA and the TPA, right? But this is what's on the PCA's website. And I want to read this because I don't agree with that comment. I they may not have moved the trade show like for TPE, but this is what's on the website. The only show of its kind, the PCA, is put on by the Premium Cigar Association and is the only event of its kind that puts all the proceeds back into representing and advocating for its members. While other trade shows exist simply to make a profit, the PCA trade show offers an unmatched buying and selling event while simultaneously unifying and strengthening our industry. What was the that word? Cigar... <laughs> what, that... what? What? You're what rolling, words? dude. Keep going. Well, now you interrupted the whole. You, you interrupted the whole thing. Now, okay. So wow. I don't. I don't. I don't even, but you get my point. <laughs> you get my point. Well, I, I think. I think. I think they just said it, though. I. I think they. They, they said clearly right are. I, they clearly are trying to address their competition here. I mean, if if that's not a statement saying, you know, hey, come to our show because we're the show that does this, I believe there is competition. Now, I. I will say this. I'll I'll retract what I said. I don't believe they moved the trade show to kind of stick it to TPE. I, but I think what, what I'm kind of getting is now it, it creates a bigger competition between the two. I well, asked that question to Scott Pearson. He he basically had the Abe to Babna comment. Who which cares? One? Who cares? I uh, yeah. I, said, I, I can't. Know, aren't you? Don't aren't care. You, aren't I, you afraid of this bumping of a TPE? And he said, Who cares? But Whatever. but well, yeah. but they're, they they're clearly they 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 have a statement here that that, that differentiates themselves is what I'm saying. They have I to mean, though look, because it, like it or not, it's competition. Well, let, let's be real. I mean, shouldn't there be some competition? I, I don't think it's bad. I, mean, I don't think it's a bad look, thing. I don't think it's bad at all. It's going to make them want to put on better shows. Right, right, These agree. guys should be competing. They are they are two trade shows in the same industry that operate essentially the same way for the end user, for the retailer. Right. For the manufacturer, yeah. they're there to sell product retailers, are there to buy products and uh, a little competition may make both sides want to right. step up and make it a better experience. And I, I don't I don't see anything right. wrong with that. I, I agree 100 percent, Alex. And one of the things I, I have not been to TPE. So we've had this discussion on the show. How much from a retail perspective? Is there folks that are want to do both like are going to both and and not only from a retail perspective right but also from a manufacturer standpoint we know the the a lot of the major ones are at tpe and they're not at uh pca right so how much of that how much true overlap is there where people are deciding i can only go to one which am i going to i, I don't know the answer my guess is it's not as big of an overlap or a if if one not another um, to where competition's good and I don't know if they're going to um, what's the word I'm looking for like uh, um, like cannibalize I guess each other if you will I agree yeah I don't think they're looking to put the other one out of business per se but I think there is competition All right well I think like the, the... What you were kind of vaguely saying there, Aaron, you were, you were talking about the big four. And I right. would say, with the exception of perhaps Davidoff, you know, Altidus, 
um, STG and Drew Estate um, are actually a better, are probably the best fit for the Total Product Expo because of the their bandwidth and the pro the 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 their portfolio and what they offer and who they cater to, which is everybody, right? They they do cater to the brick and mortar of, of, of that makes up the PCA. Um, but they they also are in a lot of the the same spaces that that make up uh, retailers for for the total product product expo as well. So those four could still be absent for, uh, in in for all intents and purposes they and for all all that we know right now that's still the intention of those four, four companies. You know they they could be the only ones at TPE and it wouldn't necessarily matter. Um, because you know, for for their for the the majority of the attendees and uh, and retailers that attend TPE, um, there there's a need there, and uh, um, they not they may not be missed by. It. I mean, we had a conversation with Steve Saka about this, and Steve said, you know, he probably he he wrote he wrote a lot of orders at TPE, but probably he said he said to himself, he probably said he probably write the same amount if he hadn't been. Uh, and and he told a lot of he turned a lot of people away. Said like this, Dunbar and Tobacco and Trust is not for you. You know, it's not for this. You know, some of those particular customers that attend TPE, not all, but some. Um, and I and I and he has a much better, in a much more uh, impactful presence at a show like a PCA because those are his ultimate customers. Hope that made sense. Yeah, that I'm, made sense. I'm I'm curious just from, from a retailer side, and you know, I, we kind of operate as a larger, mid to larger retailer. But if I'm like a smaller retailer, right, is there really a need for me to to go to a trade show two months apart? Right. I mean, would, yeah. I mean, I may not be through the product that I bought on TPE deals yet to go place pca deal orders thousand percent so this is where i go back and say if there's not competition if we if we to jay's comment we're all in harmony why would you push this trade show up so close to this one right where because it's unrealistic for retailers and some companies to support both of these shows well that was my point about the cannibalization of i i don't think and it piggybacks off what alex said i i don't think that you're having to choose one or the other i think you're going to probably go to which one you think is going to provide the most value to where i don't think that they were going to go to both and they're like okay they're close together now now i can't do both i think they were going to always go one or the other yeah i agree with that too like if, if i'm a smoke shop i'm gonna go to tp right if i'm right. a cigar shop i'm going to pca right it just caters to my to, to my specific business model you know and back to the logistics part. I mean, what about these two? What about the two primary festivals that exist? In our it puts a, yes, and it puts even though it's not the same group of attendees, right? It puts a, it puts it's, it taxes both companies. The it vendors the are company. the same. The so vendors yeah. are the same, and it taxes them. Yeah, that's a there's a lot of work huge, that goes into these. That's like, a huge impact on your budget for Q1. That's yeah, a huge is. impact. Yes. It is. And if you're a company at LaFleur, which is not a big company, you know, I know Lido is very heavily involved with Pro Cigar. It's something he is very hands on with, you know, now he's going to have that and the trade show he's going to have to deal with during this period. 
Abe uh, Flores, PDR, is also a, yeah. a, a very big proponent of press cigar. He's yeah. not a he's not he's not a very large uh, manufacturer either. And uh, you no. know that's yeah that's going to be a huge impact on someone like him as well. Uh, agree, you know? agree, yeah. Agree. So, um, was it epic? And was it? Let me answer. I, go back to the original question. First of all, does does nobody care? Does anyone care? Is, I'll answer. I'll I can't everyone. care. No, I. I of course, no, I, 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 care. I, I care. Of course, I care. This is like this is giving me content for the next two weeks. <laughs> it's going to give us KMA content I, too. I mean, right, 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 right. I think it. I think it is epic. It's an epic change. It's a. It's a. Like I said before, it is a huge logistical yeah. and doctrinal yeah. shift we're, in the way cigars are manufactured and catered to the end consumer. Yeah, we're, we're, and marketing. Uh, you, you remember that when we're, we're sitting. <laughs> I don't know about manufactured. I mean, look, that's one of my beefs with these releases and these. You know, you get a p. Uh, you know, you 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 order you order a, a PCA. You know, exclusive release. And by the time you get the product, there's already a price increase on the product that you didn't get yet. You know, I mean, look, in all fairness, I, I, I we just released Pete Johnson's PCA cigar a month ago, two months ago, you know, whenever it was. Uh, that's the one thing that I, I kind of don't like. You know, there are a lot of manufacturers are putting out cigars or they're selling cigars that. Look, you go to the PCA, right? There's a PCA release. You guys write about it. There's hype about it. And then nine months later, it comes out. Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. <laughs> and that's how and now, at least in the short term, it's even going to be more off. Because they they have been planning on this kind of same schedule. And to your point, Alex, they right. like nine months later. And then now, okay, so now they're going to, they have, they've made their plans for this show. So let's use your, your cigar as an example. So Pete. Pete says, okay, I'm going to announce a PCA exclusive this coming July. And let's say it's, it's on the same schedule. February 24, the PCA exclusive of 2023 finally gets on your shelf. Oh, turn around. Another PCA, another PCA right. exclusive. Yeah, but Bear, let me ask you guys this. I mean, so we've we've talked about it even coming out of the PCA. I, I don't want to say on a scale, but let's just say talking openly, do you really think that the PCA exclusive releases have been a success i would i would argue no i would say that the way that they were marketed the way that i mean we would i remember the first show that i went to with you guys there was the that little uh kind of end cabinet in one of the areas it was like okay here's the here's the five cigars that are pca releases and then it was like they disappeared like you didn't you kind of knew which ones they were you kind of didn't there was some hoopla about them. Some did a good job. Some didn't. But then um, some out of it really like it loses its steam really quickly, really quick. And then what Alex talked about with the with Pete Scar, I just bought it like not that long ago, and I had been waiting for it to come out. It's like okay, comes out what nine months later. So I would argue the PCA exclusive have not been a success. They improved. Yeah, that's where you. I thought they improved a bit. Well, I thought they improved oh. a bit last year, but I don't think they've been a success yet. But I thought oh, I thought there was okay. some progress. I thought there was some progress last year, Bear, because this they did have that area. Um, remember that area, Aaron, by kind of the center where yeah. near foundation. So I thought they did a little better with that. But in terms of the the, the quality of the releases, the PCA needs to be more discreet. They have the same problem as the TAA, although they're not as absolutely much of a not. 
They're not as no, a disaster no. as the TAA, but but no, I I think I. What is a PCA exclusive cigar that you have that you have said this is wow and incredible? And I'm not I'm not sure Luciano's cigar is a PCA exclusive. That's why I'm saying that. that I think that's a general cigar available to everybody. Not not only that, little, as you it started but, as a. It before started as a PCA there, exclusive. Before though. you comment, let me ask you this. So um, I go into enough shops, well, my local shop or when I'm on the road, there's not one time I can remember somebody advertising something being PCA exclusive that they, they're carrying. Like, the wow, we got this PCA exclusive yeah. show. Like, there's no excitement around that. I, I think I think what you guys are forgetting is that this is a very new concept. No, it's and not. in the two short years that no, in the two short years that it's no, that it's been really blown up, like it's existed like the way that anything else has kind of existed. It was very it was very bland and very much under like under the under the rug. Crux is probably the only company that had a really made a big deal about their PCA exclusive prior to the last two years where PCA exclusives have become more prominent and much more, uh, much more um, forward, forward facing. It's a, it's a, it's a much newer concept. And there was a huge difference between year one, two years ago, your first show, Aaron, and last year, like Coop just said, there was a, I thought it was a dramatic improvement. I feel like it's going to be another, another huge step in the right direction this year too. But, but um, I don't think, but I don't think that the, I don't think the retailers carry that excitement, that push. They don't, from, they don't. From, yeah. from the, the show to the to, to their shops like you hear about it like oh look here we, we better get this pca exclusive here we are let's buy it that momentum does not carry once they leave the show floor and they place their order by the time they get it they're like oh yeah oh, that's right we ordered these and that they just put it on another facing and they don't advertise it or they don't push it it's just kind of another cigar that they may carry in the shop but they don't they don't they don't push the idea that this is a PCA exclusive. I haven't seen it at least. There's a reason for that. And it's because they've been doing this for 20 damn years. They're just now calling it PCA exclusive. When you would go back in the day when it was RTDA, there was tons of companies that were releasing a new cigar line that you had to be a PCA and order it. You got the first batch. That's the way it's always been. Just now they're calling it PCA exclusive. Well, no, no, no. There, there, there's a little bit of difference. So there's, there's guys making limited runs exclusively for PCA. And, you know, look, what I think is that the guys who can sell a limited run without the PCA exclusive tag on it will have good PCA exclusives. You know, I don't think it's the PCA exclusive part that makes it sell. You know, Pete releases it's a Twihe PCA 2022 exclusive. He could release that same cigar in an ex, you know exclusive limited run without the PCA tag and it's going to sell. Um the guys that can't sell exclusives tagging the PCA 2022-2023 on it isn't going to make it sell any more or less. You know, the Barry you kind of said this is a new concept. Um I kind of disagree with it for a couple of reasons. One is what Ben just said, it's been done. But the program was modeled off the TAA program. Let's let's kind of be real. And the TAA program, in my opinion, they can say it's a success, the manufacturers, because they sell cigars out. But no, it's not a success because I, I, I 
I found 2017 TAA cigars on the shelf this week at a store. So they're clearly, it's not a success. These cigars are still sitting on shelves. So I, I can't say, and in, in my opinion, they're making all the same mistakes that the TAA has made. So that Mike, yes, it got better from last year, but I'm I'm not seeing sizzle. I'm not seeing buzz. Bear, what is a PCA exclusive cigar that people were just clamoring about? Like, like retail say, man, I was lucky as a PCA. I scored this great cigar, and look how good it is. No, I think I think there hasn't Aaron been one. stumbled upon that point. I think yeah. Aaron stumbled upon that point a second ago with that, and I think that's again. Uh, with it being my opinion that this is still a much newer concept. Yes, it's been done before to Ben's point. It's been and it in to different degrees, but they are relaunching it, refiguring it in a in a much more different way the last two years than in years prior. It was an understood concept mm. in years previous. It is now a definitive thing that they are doing. And you can say that they're doing the same mistakes that the TAA has done. But Coop, you just said it fucking five minutes ago when you said that this, they're doing it better. They, no, they were well, really bad. Well, the first year was really bad. <laughs> That's no, how he, bad he the was first... saying. He's saying PCA is doing it better from when they did it the previous year, the... not over TAA. But I, I just think, I just think it's. I like it. Okay, I, I think it's cool. I like it. Um, I just kind of wish there was a little bit more effort put into it, you know. But it, it, it really the the PCA and the retailers had to work on tandem. Yeah. Really to, yes. to push this. Yes. Yeah. And that was and the they, point I was getting to. Yes. Yeah. And they don't. And they and don't. They allow mediocre. But that's where PCA can step in. Yeah. And they can they can provide the education to do so. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I both both series have the same problem. Okay. They it's checking a box. Okay. Like they'll give them something, and, and there's no criteria. Um, is the first thing right. But here's the, and I'm going to say this with Alex on the air. I think the smoke-in exclusives that were done for TGS this year had more sizzle and buzz than any of the TAA cigars, maybe with the exception of Pete, and any of the PCA exclusive cigars. And why is that, Coop? Because they have a team of people like Alex and Abe who are marketing fucking geniuses and know how to do this shit. They that's where PCA needs to step in and they can really blow it up. This is well, so, yeah. here. Here's part of the problem. And I think and Cooper mentioned it. And there, there's there's really I think they need a set of criteria like a line extension is a snooze like your brand in a new size as a PCA exclusive is a snooze. I agree with that. Yeah, I'll we talked about that, that last right. year. It's yep, yeah, agree. Said too. You're not you're just checking a box. Yeah, you're just checking a box and I did it. The other the other thing about it is what I remember, and we're, we keep beating this to a, a pulp here, but I remember when we were going through the uh, different booths, there were times where I didn't even realize that a cigar was a quote unquote PC exclusive. Like it blended in with everything else. Like I, yep. I think manufacturers yep. did a very poor job of displaying or highlighting, or remember we talked about putting like a little... I don't not, not a note card, but like a little like yeah, know, shelf talk or something, yeah, shelf talk yeah. or something like that that would make it understandable to the the mom and pop shop that's at that's at PCA that this is truly 
a PC exclusive. In my opinion, most of them just all fell into a new release because it wasn't distinguished to be the PC exclusive. And the evolution of that is from year one, like you said, it was not very, it was not done well at all in our interviews and our booth visits from last year in 2022, there was a much different vibe about it. People were very specific when I was asking questions and very specific about telling. I wasn't asking that question. Is this a PC exclusive? What's your PC exclusive? They were bringing that information to the table and they were making it a point. Agreed. And I just think it goes back to what I said. It's got to carry over from PCA to the retailer's mouth and to be able to like Alex and, and Smoke In does to market it properly because it just it as soon as they leave, they don't do anything with it in the in the shops. Well, here's another love from the cheap seats, Alex. There's an opportunity for you. You can charge you guys can charge money on how to do this right. <laughs> well, I mean, but that see, that's the problem. You know, they're not PC, PCA isn't isn't a retailer, you know. So nobody, I don't think anybody when they're when they're when they're coming up with this idea of, of exclusives, I don't think anybody's there saying, okay, how do we market this as something exclusive? Yeah. They That's kind of left up to everybody else. Yeah. But that's Even though there's retailers we, on the board. Uh, I, I am volunteering to give a free seminar to the PCA <laughs> on this. This is I'm trying this to make is, Alex money and you're taking it away from him. Well, uh, uh, yeah. go, going back to Alex's <laughs> point though, I mean, it's, it's a valid point, but if you're going to do this, don't do it half-assed. Right. That's exactly what I and I think it's been I don't want to say it's been purposely done half assed, but because the first year I think they just wanted to get something out there. But this year I this is the third year. It, it better not be half assed this year. They 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 should now be at a I'll, point I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll go along with that. I'll yeah. go along with that. Yeah. I just I call me naive. I just have a little bit more faith. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, no, no, definitely um you do. Hey, can I just interrupt for one second here? Because I just saw something, Alex. Is today the 10 year anniversary of Boynton Beach opening? I don't know. I saw a post on, on Facebook saying 10 years ago today, the greatest cigar shop in South Florida landed right here in Boynton Beach, Florida. I think it is the 10 year anniversary then. I remember it was 2013. It's probably around this time. Who posted it? It was on Smokin's Boynton Beach Facebook page. So I don't know who posted it. It was some ad, it must have been whoever has an admin really? on it. Because I'm I'm willing to bet that I don't I don't think Abe knows. <laughs> I, I bet Abe doesn't know. <laughs> that was probably AJ who was actually would be in tune with that kind of stuff. Um, I remember, it was 2013 because I went there a few weeks after it opened before going to Nicaragua. I, I stopped there. That's when I remember it. that was my first time there. So I was just kind of I didn't know. I was like, yeah, what? I'm actually sending this post to Abe. Okay. Uh, I, I was I was not aware. I would like a little, I, I a little history here. Yeah, it's a little history. Um, if you guys have like like I know Ben Ben, it, it I know it was crowded that night, but it is a really cool. It's got that sports bar vibe to it, which I I like about it. And the vintage room is awesome. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go to the vintage room. It was it was it was too crowded. It was just crowded yeah. in there. Yeah, I could barely walk around the regular humidor. I know, you I know, know. but I I did think like I would. I was sitting there thinking, "Holy shit! It's there's too many people here. It's I gotta get the hell out of here." Yeah. But the whole time I was thinking, I would love to come back because this this place looks really cool. Like I, I love the vibe that it had. It was, it was just it was just packed because of the event. JD sure. was there, Drew Estate. You know, it is what it is. 
but it was a really cool store. I really thought it was a nice layout. Yeah. It was had a cool atmosphere about it. The the staff was amazing. It was great, great shop. I, I can't uh, wait to go visit it when it's not so hectic. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it was, that was a welcome thing over PCA exclusives that we were. Uh... <laughs> so, you know, here's another thing I want to mention about the PCA exclusives, and it ties into this whole trade show thing. I don't know what's going to happen with the 2024 PCA exclusives. If if the manufacturers have enough trouble on a full year cycle getting a PCA exclusive cigar out, how are uh, they going to deliver another one a few months oh, later? You know what they're going to do? They're going to do what Alex said not to do. They're just going to do a line extension. They're going to be like, oh, here's a double Gordo for you, Coop. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, I, I, I am sometimes a little skeptical about a new blend, though, because sometimes you get like, oh, I found this cigar. It's been aging in my in my factory for four years kind of a deal well you know it's just leftover stuff i mean so i, I you know as much as i don't know if maria lucia was a, a, P, a true pca exclusive robert caldwell's doing pca exclusives now <laughs> <laughs> wow wow uh well as much as i want to say about maria asking lucia, for a friend no really but let me finish my point Maria Lucia, we agree, I think, was a was a really good blend. And if it was used as a PCA exclusive to springboard the brand, I have no problem with it. But it was a very well, that's good what he did with the That's what he did with the Sergeant. Yeah, he did it with the Sergeant, too. I, I did not get anything you were talking about with the Robert Caldwell stuff. So uh, what did I miss? Well, the, that's part of one of his projects is... is, is... Lost finding found. the lost and found project. Oh, oh finding... yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it. Well, TAA has been doing that for years, though. Too. I mean, La Gloria just announced uh, the, the STG cigar of the week. Uh, there's a new La Gloria, and it was aging in the factory in Honduras for four years, and now it's uh, being released as a TAA cigar. Don't don't we yeah. call those like seconds? <laughs> so yeah. I saw that lost and found, lost and found, and I just some so something I wonder about about that. So, yeah, but don't you think, I mean, what they're trying to do is they, 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 they want the hype of PCA quote unquote, it's gotta be new. So it goes back to what we're trying to avoid what Alex mentioned of, of the line extension. So they want to come up with something new instead of being creative. They just take something that they've got sitting around and Hey, it's new. Well, technically new to the consumer, but not new to their right. and, and putting it together. It's been sitting around forever. And they're not sitting on something that they think is so good <laughs> that they're they're waiting to waiting for the right moment. They're just sitting on it because it's just there. And so, hey, let's get rid of it. All right. Yeah, I saw that one. I was uh, less than enthused on the Gloria. I didn't. I, I I didn't see a lot of like. Wow, there was no wow factors this year. With Twenty yeah, cigars. I mean, and... Alex, how the, many? Uh... But you yeah. guys sell. How do you guys do with TA cigars? Um, that's why it does great. Do you guys buy a lot of these TA cigars or no? Um, it it, it depends on what it is. I don't, okay. I, not 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 this. I don't think we did a lot this year. There wasn't there wasn't. Uh, Matt Briggs is out there now. There wasn't a lot that was really exciting. Um. The the uh, the Espinosa is interesting, you know. Technically, it's a line extension, but that that oval type Murcielago seems seems interesting. It's it's a it's unique yeah. shape. 
it it was it was good. I smoked it by the way. It was good. It was a solid cigar, but I don't think it, I don't think it was as good as the regular. It's a different. It's a different blend, isn't it? It's a, it's a lighter blend, wrap. It? It's like a Claro wrapper, kind of like what um, Nick did with um, the Olmec. I think I think uh, Crownheads does a pretty good TA. Yeah, I do too. Lafour. I just can't keep I I can't keep up with Crownheads limited releases. There's too. There's still a lot of them. I mean, there used to be know, more. Had, there used to be more. Yeah, it's like STG release of the week and Crownheads exclusive of the month. We'll have to add that segment in. Cuba <laughs> will love me for that. Right. Um, I'll say it with your idea. Um, no, it, 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 it's, you know, when I hear, you know, and I've been very, look, I've been vocally frustrated with the TAA this year, um, for a lot of reasons, but when I, I'll just kind of, without kind of getting into some of the blood, but I'll just say this, when you come out with 20 cigars, right. And they're not getting a lot of attention on my website to begin with. And I, every year I'd buy these cigars and I'd review all of them, right? And I'm spending a lot of money. These aren't freebies I get from companies for the most part. Uh, there's no way I'm continuing that now that they've expanded this thing to 20 cigars. I, I just can't do it. I can't justify it because people aren't interested. I don't think people are interested. Yes, a Tatawahe TA cigar I'm going to review. Yes, a Crown Heads one and probably a low floor one. Everything else is up for grabs. And it's at this point, if I don't see companies marketing these cigars to begin with, they, they don't put a lot of effort into it. I can't see if the numbers were high. I, I could see. I just don't see me spending the money where that money should be used for other cigars that should be reviewed. That's fair. That's yeah. absolutely fair. Yeah. If I thought if I thought it was hurt, if I thought, it, you know, but it was always cool. I like kind of building the collection up of it. But now that's when it was 12. Now 20 is is, is ridiculous. So um, I, I just decided. Um, and I don't know if you've seen like the, you know, the, this year there was some real clunkers this year. I thought with the TAs from the previous year, so I just can't continue. I can't justify it anymore. I might. Wait, it's so no fun Alec reviewing Brad- a bad. Cigar. What's that Alec Bradley thing? What was that? What's the Alec Bradley cigar? Uh in the TAA. Yeah, it was a very odd box. They had some like, called the illicit. It used to be. No, it's the the new gatekeeper, isn't it? Isn't that was at no, I, that was yeah the 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 gatekeeper diamond. They released they're releasing something. I I saw the sheet. Some you know they have the Indian head logo and whatnot, but nothing. It, really. it may have been the illicit, which has I think been out for a few years. Yeah, they had the black market illicit. Yeah, it's the illicit. It's the illicit. Yeah, the Placencia looks interesting. It's just I mean that's a you know, that's just, just a, line, it's, a size it's a, extension, but I mean they sell. I look at it. Of what's you know what's going to sell? What's, yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, there was uh, the one. The one that did intrigue me was the my father one. It's it's yes, yeah, that's that the I agree one, with. That's the one. I'm like, I am very interested in that one. But but that that's not that's I don't think that's going to be an exclusive. But they're they're premiering it and releasing it at TAA. I don't know if that's going to be because that's essentially looks like that's a whole new line. Yeah, the, now, the three sizes. I actually don't mind that approach. If you want to like give a line to the TAA for like the first year yes. and um, then release it like the second year, that's what La Polina's done that a lot. Um, yes. CLE's done that a few times when they want to talk about their cigars. Um, <laughs> but yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, That's to 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 Aaron's joy, to Aaron's joy, J.C. Newman is doing another brick house for their TAA. Oh, but they, they but okay, but they did the top fifteen. It should be top five then, I think. <laughs> but, here, but here's what I'm gonna say: They did an original blend for it, and it actually wasn't bad. I think it's better than the regular Brickhouse. I'm gonna say that one. That was at least better than the regular Brickhouse that cigar. So I don't I don't have a problem with it. They released it two years ago for the TAA. They brought it back this year. It's called Ciento Por Ciento. So all right, gang. Anything else before we wrap up and, and I turn into a pumpkin? Because I'm losing my voice. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to hit before we close out with Alex? No. Okay. Alex, uh, thank you so much. Alex, thank you so much, man. I'm sorry I wasn't 100% on my game tonight. Uh was a little I'm kind of battling this cold here, but I do appreciate your patience and uh, uh and again everyone else on the team. I apologize if I'm not on the game, but um appreciate everyone's patience and uh I did enjoy the show a lot still. So thank you guys. No, thank you guys very much for having me. I'm glad to be on the show. Yeah, no, uh, uh definitely look forward to having you back. Look forward to seeing you. I know we'll be uh on the air Saturday. Uh yep. So I think we're going to be on the air Saturday. So I look forward could, to that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, we need to, we need to just, I know we missed a couple of weeks, but we need to not only continue with the STG release of the week, but go back. So people know that. No, we are, missed, we are going to, we are going to retro. They yeah, haven't like, missed weeks. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're on, they're, they're just right on target. It's been yeah. every week. Yeah. So for folks who don't know, uh, we kind of, Alex and I have kind of created this, segment within a segment like in the news segment called the stg release of the week so in my news there is every it's just about every week we've had an stg release so we cover it you know but we did miss the show last week so we want to ensure that everyone has up to date on last week's stg releases as well as this year this week's stg releases. <laughs> so and we encourage justin to listen i hope abe told him about it when they were in the airport we're gonna get him to sponsor it yeah, they better. I mean, Abe, better, Abe should have that sponsor deal wrapped up already. Right. So, <laughs> then we just threw a softball here. So, all right. Uh, ben, Aaron, thank you very much as well. Bear, thank you as always. Um, quick programming notes. Uh, Thursday night, uh, primetime episode 261 with Aaron Loomis and I. James Brown will be the special guest from Oveja Negra Brands. Uh, we haven't had James on in a while, so looking forward to that. And next Tuesday, April 4th, uh, is the baseball show. So you'll, you'll yeah. want to. So um, if I was able to keep this show under three hours tonight, can I keep the baseball show under three hours? No. There's I know. No that's that's no a way. tall task. I'm thinking of like putting two things on the agenda and just see what happens. But yeah, it's a tough one. So, so yeah, we look forward to that um, as well. Uh, Bear, anything else you have to wrap up before you want to close out? Uh, t- three hours might be enough time for Aaron and Lewis and I to go head to head on robot empi- uh, umpires. So please don't, please don't. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, Alex again. What a pleasure to have you on. Thank yeah, you so thank, much. Yeah, Alex. Thanks uh, to yeah. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Thanks to Abe um, and you and your team for putting on another tremendous event. It was yeah. a pleasure to attend. A lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to uh, to the year of the dragon next year, and uh, and the years to come because you guys keep uh, onward and upward, keep making uh, major changes to uh, to amplify the experience. So, looking forward to uh, what's coming uh, next year. So, thanks again. Thank you, guys. Yeah. No, thank you very much. And just real quick, while we're talking baseball, I'm going to say it now. 
what that umpire did to JT Realmuto was a disgrace. It wasn't good. I mean, I usually yeah. always the one who says everyone blames the umps, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it was awful. It was bad. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And make sure folks go into the Philly game. Try that Charlie Manuel cheesesteak. Let me know how it is. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you know I haven't had it yet, but I want to I want some. I'm trying to get someone to give me a report on it. So um, let's, let's see how it is. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up primetime special edition 138 into the annals of history for this Tuesday, March 28th, um, just before the witching hour of March 29th, midnight. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody. See you next time.